Okay, guys, just finished the pod. Uh, I got to tell you, the, I, I, it wasn't super long today. It was long, you know, but not super long. We, we're getting better. But AJ had one of his funniest lines or perverse. <laughs> what would you say, Scott? Perverse or funny? Gross. Yeah. I don't know about gross. That sounds someone that fears intimacy. No, 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 no. Gross meaning inappropriate gross. Not gross, <laughs> disgusting gross. Oh, okay. Like it, gross of him to bring this up. I, I, I found it to be uh, thought-provoking <laughs> about his mental state, really. But anyway, we had a good conversation and a lot of good games. We had a winning week last week. And I've got a coupon and then I got an announcement, a special announcement. 75 bucks off. What do you do? You go to pregame.com. Now, why would you go now? Because after a week or two, if you count college, that's usually when people start saying if they had another, you know, tisk tisk service or source of info and they realize this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. That happens a lot early. They want to jump ship. I think that makes sense. If you're being disappointed, those guys at pregame that will not disappoint you. History says and with the colleges especially, A.J. and Scott Seidenberg meet that criteria. And you guys had, a, what, six and two? Six and two. Last week on the pod. Don't miss that. But also what happens is a lot of people say, you know, I'm ready to go at it alone. And I can tell you this, I never go at it alone. If I just had my own picks, I think I could do all right in some spots. In a lot of spots, I need help. I need help. And this discount makes the help even more affordable $75 off anything or any package and what's the coupon code action 75 action 75 all one word and then the numbers action a-c-t-i-o-n 75 75 off and you know what I can go through and I could tell you about all of the winners like shaker up great shaker up 75 units last year in football the hitman you know him from picks here 52 units one of the most respected prop players out there now. I mean, literally a young guy. I, I, I named him, took him under my wing. He's now doing media, 52 units. Good fella. We talked about him, 51 units. Fezzik, 30, you know, up almost 30 units. Again, Fezzik's won every year, but won throughout almost 10 years with us. If you got proven winners and it's discounted, it's the time to do it. Action 75. Now, here's the announcement. After four years, two contracts with Fox Sports Radio, this is going to be our last week with Straight Out of Vegas. Why did we do that? Why, and and it, listen, the economics have evolved where the opportunities for podcasts are bigger than ever. And the economics in national radio is just, quite frankly, are challenging. It got to the point where it didn't make economic sense for us to spend our time on that. We love FSR. We're going to be doing things with them. The Bernie Frado weekend show remains, but best for us to do something new financially. And let's be candid. Podcasts are more creative. National radio has reach, but it's got constraints, hard outs. You know, if, I got, if I'm in some 20-minute story, that's not going to work. So here's what we're doing. We're launching next week probably. Let's say next week. At some point, we're in beta testing. Straight out of Vegas, AM. What does that mean? AM means morning. And that means that before 5.30 AM, but it's probably going to be before 4.30 AM, Eastern time, 
it will be out five days a week, every weekday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Not Friday, though, right? And Friday. Oh, yeah. shit. I didn't even know about Friday. Exactly. It's not, it's, it's not a Howard Stern week. It's a, you know. And what's it going to be? It's going to be Scott and AJ, and it's going to be to be determined, meaning Scott had a show at a prior place in which it was an overnight show in which he was talking about the events that just happened. He was looking ahead at various events. It was called The Look Ahead. There's going to be elements of that for sure. There's going to be elements of specialization where, hey, AJ does college basketball. We're not going to be talking college basketball in the NFL pod. He's going to do like six, seven minutes at the end that is special. If you don't like college basketball, you can stop it. If you do, you listen. You're going to be doing baseball every day. So at the end of the pod, during different seasons, we're going to have that. We're going to have a fun thing we think we're going to do. That you, and I'll be on it, but not every day and not every minute. So you'll get the, the RJ lovers will get a nice dose. The RJ haters can be off. You'll get an occasional reprieve. <laughs> no, more than an occasional reprieve. I would say I'll be on, eh, I'd say 70% of the shows, but even then it will be 10 minutes or whatever. Now, one of the fun things we're going to be doing, and then sometimes I'm going to have, you know, a couple times a week I'm going to have my own 10 I want to do, right? That's the beauty of it. It's going to be putting together a, a collage of art. We've been talking about doing Man, man on the Street, getting exotic dancers in once a month, talking about Vegas, getting dealers in, pit bosses, uh, casino hosts, people off the street. I mean, AJ was saying something about the green door. I didn't even know what that was, but he said that... It sounds like a place where he goes and finds more than a couple. It's, it's like nine, maybe. I don't even know what that is, but all right. Look it up. Okay. The, the green door. Mackenzie has a VIP card. It's, it's weird. Um, is if that right? Get, if you get the 10th stamp, it's really it opens up for you. What are you talking about? At the green door, you get it. You get uh -huh. your card. Come back the tenth time they stamp it. Damn, that and you get a, a shot of penicillin, so it works <laughs> out. What, what, read it. Uh, dark blacklit swingers club offering a variety of themed rooms, including areas for couples only. I gotta admit, one time I was there. That's a whole other story. <laughs> I gotta. Oh my I, god, I, that's I, a whole other pod. How's this sound? How's this sound? The last episode of, you know what I'll do? Here's, <laughs> here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll do. The first month anniversary of Straight Out of Vegas AM, I'll come on and do in five minutes and explain. Okay. And I'm telling the truth. Were you alone? Never. Okay. If I'm alone, I'm at home. You know, I mean, it's like, well, am I going somewhere to be alone? That's great. But that would, yeah. You know what's funny? I'm bold in some ways. Walking into strange places alone would be the last thing. I, I, I don't, you know. Okay. So you got it now. So talk about, remember Howard Stern when he went over to Sirius? There was a lot of things like he's, he was going to be the secret. Uh, they had the secret thing where everyone had to tell a secret the first episode. They were, you know, this is. This is your secret. Not a secret. Okay. Four people now. Oh. Not okay. nine. Four. Damn. <laughs> All right. But the reality is, and I'm telling you guys, I handpicked AJ. And, I mean, I would make the case with Scott. It was like, a, you know, not a poaching, but it was like, I, this guy needs to be here. He's, he's got the qualities we want. The beauty of it is I think these two interplay together so well because it's going to be like the best normal talk radio but informed by Vegas. This isn't good. Now, Fez is going to be participating probably more than me, at least let's say as much as me. The beauty is you're going to get the, the, the betting expertise 
you're going to get the handicapping expertise, but you also get the partnership of these two. And I can tell you right now, doing straight out of Vegas this week, that's been better than ever. In fact, it's really ramped up. You guys have a, it's a one plus one equals three kind of thing. So. Does that have to do with the size of us? No, you're both, you're both in that, like, like you could lose a, a pound or two, but you know what? It's not, it's, listen, I, you, whenever I, you know, I've lost some weight over the recent years, but I was at uh, 225, 230 at points. And I tell you, I used to, when I was 200, I hated, like, you know, I hated that I had like 10 pounds on, right? When I was 230, I would have done anything to be 200. It was like, it's like, you don't know what heavy, like you guys, you know, maybe you got, you know, again, you lift. So it's like, but uh, Scott and AJ, you're a former MMA guy. So you guys are athletes, but you got, you know, a little belly on you. That's nothing, right? You wish it was gone, but you get that where you're like walling into the room. <laughs> that does nothing for you. But anyway, take a second here. We usually don't do this long before the show, but uh, start with Scott is, what, what got you excited? Because we don't know exactly what it's going to be because we're going to let each show tell us what the next show should be. Yeah, I think it's an opportunity just to kick around the daily topics that we might not get to in the weekly podcasts, mm-hmm. obviously. Certainly Plus we it's have, more timely. Absolutely. And with SOV, we're, you know, we're limited a little bit. So I think having this platform to be able to go over the daily stories with a Vegas lean and really get everybody up to date with everything you want to know to start your day AM, from baby, a Vegas straight out of Vegas. And I like that part because that was what I, you know, when I started listening to his show and I, and I knew Scott from, you know, you were a producer on shows that I uh, was guesting on regularly mm-hmm. on uh, NBC national. And I, you know, I didn't know you well, but I mean, this is a guy that's got long radio experience. Then he hosted on a, the national network overnights by himself. I can tell you something hosting by yourself is tough. Host, how many hours? Three hours at the time? Four hours. Four hours by yourself overnight. I mean, I, those people that actually, they have to call like the insane asylum to get them out of the radio <laughs> studio to do that. And, it, you know, that gets you ready. I'm sure there were some duds, segments that were duds five years, seven years. But that's the reps that got you where you're ready for anything. AJ doing, what was it, 12 years in Houston? Yeah. And then you were in Austin for how long? Um, like six years before that. Yeah, I think that adds up to 18. That's a lot. 18 years of radio, now 19 here for a year. These are professional broadcasters that know Vegas, that know me and Fez and the, the, the highest level experts because they don't claim. Listen, these two know college football about as well as anyone. That's different than knowing betting. When do you put a teaser and when do you buy a half point? They're learning that. But they're better than 99% of that. But to be at the top, top level, they're learning. But they know 50 times the college football I do or baseball. So it's a great combination. That's the thing in this industry people haven't understood as it's evolved is betters are great, but they're usually boring on air, right? I mean, because they're usually complaining about half points or critiquing bookmakers. Handicappers that don't know betting, you guys know it, but even the ones that don't can be extremely like Mike Lombardi helps me in the NFL because he knows the NFL so well. He doesn't know betting at all. He doesn't claim he does. He knows a lot less than you guys about betting, but he knows about the NFL. Mm-hmm. I I would rather have that guy than some B level better that maybe makes some money. But what's he giving you? 
Nothing, because he can't handicap, because he doesn't know the sports. You guys know the sports first, betting second, but betting is important to you guys. So I love it. And then you add in Fez and me and others. I think it's going to be great. I mean, we wouldn't have left Fox Sports Radio if we didn't, if we weren't excited about this. We are. Sorry for the long intro. I think it's a great show. Fez, oh, we talk about it. Fez will be back next week. Don't worry about it. He had a little family thing. Enjoy the show. NFL Week 2 off a winning Super Contest Week 3-2 and and somehow had the worst, as usual, the worst beat on the board, I think, was the Eagles. To my left, if a man was a better and he bet a lot, but he likes sides more than totals, where would he be from? Maybe Seidenberg? (laughs) Scott Seidenberg. That's where I'd be from, or that's what I'd be called. No, that'd be like your hometown. Berg sounds like a like, like a Pittsburgh. hometown, like, yeah. like Johannesburg. Like, where's that Scott yeah. from? Yeah, Seidenberg. Yeah, he's from yeah, he's from Seidenberg. Yeah, well, makes sense. Where, what's that? It's a town of people who bet a lot of favorites in the NFL. They they love the sides. <laughs> and we got AJ Hoffman. Unfortunately, not to get too deep into it, and it's it's you know it's family stuff. Fez's mom sick. He just happened or had a fall actually. And uh, just happened today, and uh, you know he was he was like I can make it maybe, and we're like, dude, focus, you know, try to relax, and you know how it is. I mean, Fez is almost. I mean, I'm, you got to worry about Fez being bad, you know, being in the bed. If <laughs> his mom, it's like you know they're on. Uh, let's say they're on. Um, they're free rolling time wise. I'm not gonna lie. I saw Fez after Monday Night Football. He's looking good. Like he he doesn't look gaunt. He, like he. Looks you know what's strong. good now that he's not here. I can. St- speak honestly about it <laughs> no <laughs> he looked like a stroke victim like uh, like last week he really looked you know how when With someone, the cut off shirt and everything but but he's but it was flat his arms are flabby he's it's and i haven't been around fezzik i don't want to cast his time. No, no, no. <laughs> but i just i, I do want to acknowledge like he's lost a ton of he lost yeah. a ton of weight maybe too much but I don't know because I wasn't really yet. I wasn't really around <laughs> him that much. I wasn't around him that much at his height. Remember, he, he was starting he, this weight loss some journey. Some people look better with a few extra pounds. Oh, uh, yeah, completely agree with that. He would. You know what it is? I don't think it's the lost weight. I think it's he's eating so little calorie deficit. Exactly. Yeah. I think Caloric if he had a, I deficit. think if he I think if he had a, a, a really robust meal, he'd be fine. But then. He'd lose $9,000. And we know Fed's money over everything. <laughs> that is the truth. All right, we got Mackenzie and Sarah. But he'll, you know, back next week, and we'll both be on the opening line report. Which it's really two things. It's the opening line report, and it's the recap. Because we want to get done with the weekend and get looking forward. And having a deadline, though this week I couldn't beat the deadline, I'm getting my systems in place to do that. I think by week 11 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> By the time Watson's back. Now, it is seven. I'm not starting the hour power till right now. 
but I am sorry. Get a clock on me. Let's get a clock. All right. And you know what we need to do? You guys need to put I've up a hundred bucks. I've got this to let you know when. No, uh... thank you. You got. <laughs> you, no, I got to be able to see the Mackenzie. Put up a clock in one of the corner screens. You know, this is this is good because we or a stopwatch. A lot of people, and I say we because I bring it up as well. I feel like NFL teams and NFL head coaches could use a clock management specialist on the sideline or in the booth to help them with. Were well, you trying to say things. sixty-four yard field goals aren't good? Yes. Or, 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 or maybe just taking a timeout when there's a minute 15 left in the game. I'm going to say 64 yard field goals aren't in field goal range. Well, it's all about the definition. Um, McKenna, make sure it's big enough to actually see. And why does he have a calculator up? I say put up a stopwatch, <laughs> he puts up a calculator. Mackenzie Rivers. I, oh, that's good. I got to tell you, he's actually done a hell of a job this way. He's, he's surging. Okay. So we're going to do an hour power and nothing else this week. Because without Fez, the deep dives aren't as fun. Um, and again, I can pontificate a little long without you know, a little back and forth. Well, I got to teach you. But, but, here's the th- <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm going to tell a few stories before. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> All right. So let's be candid. I think we, we're going to try to do within an hour seven. All right. But, but Mother Afro already started the clock. You said it starts now. That All was- right. All right. I, I got the over at minus 120. Oh, so for sure. Fez's best bet is, and we got his picks. That's the good news. And by the way, you guys are bought in with McKenzie, right? Yep. Yes. Now, McKenzie, have you gotten the money from these guys? One of two. Yeah. And let me guess. Let me guess. Scott gave. AJ did it. Incorrect. Nope. Opposite. What's going on, dude? Oh, he'll get it tomorrow. All right. All right. I, I got to get paid first. Get the money. <laughs> get, get the money. I didn't know you were that short. All right. All right. Yeah. So we got this. But you guys went three and two, right? Yes, sir. But you had a What was the disaster pick you had? The Saints. The Saints. Who liked that? It's funny. We talked about it afterwards, and we're like, I didn't even really think about it. We all just kind of agreed, but we didn't even See, discuss that, it. That, that is dangerous. That's lemming kind right. of stuff there. You need to you need to have a formal way. They're submitting their picks five four three two one. But the the one that I uh, recommended to replace it, everybody else was against. Which was what? Cleveland. I'm sure it won. It, well, I mean, it, I I wasn't crazy about it either. But the one that we pulled out, we said this one's a dud. We ended we replaced it with a winner. So it, yeah. What, what did you pull out? Uh, pulled out Tennessee and replaced it with Pittsburgh. Okay. Okay. Though, let's be candid. The line moved pretty drastic, or it moved significantly with Cincy. Yeah. So if closing line value is your thing, Pittsburgh wasn't a good pick. We you probably felt right. strongly. <laughs> I AJ know. and I felt strongly about the Steelers, though. It was our best bet last week on the pod. Yeah, but then, you know, lines move, things change. And yeah. remember, mm-hmm. where was I at? I was on Cincy. Yeah. And then when the line moved, Fez, he, on his card, Pittsburgh wasn't anywhere he to be found. Up, yeah. And I said, where's your Steelers pick, Fez? All it took was a half-point line move for him to freeze. I don't get it. Well, I get it. It's, it's like it's hard to win in the NFL enough. It's hard to win if you're giving away half, oh, key half points. But if your favorite bet on the card is Pittsburgh plus six and a half, mm-hmm. and then the market goes to plus seven, mm-hmm. like Pittsburgh comes all the way off your card, doesn't it just get bumped down the card some, mm-hmm. you think? But there is no bump down. When you're picking five picks, there's five picks. Yeah. But you, like you said, you want him to submit five, four, three, two, one. So it goes from this yeah. is my favorite in the world to it's not one of the top five. But let's be honest, you guys had that pick before I had my say, and yes. I, I. And what I'm saying is, again, listen, it covered. So in a weird way, we're mm-hmm. acting like it was a mistake when it won. 
but I think it was a mistake because if it takes five turnovers, teams usually win by 17. Look, that, that can happen, and in the same way it could happen where the both of us, your card and our card, we both had the Eagles that didn't cover, but I don't think anybody that would argue. Was, that, that was bad luck. Exactly. I don't think anybody would argue that the Eagles were not the right side exactly. of the game. Exactly. I agree. So, but if you had the t- Detroit, you take the – listen, you got to enjoy your wins however yes. you get them because you're <laughs> yeah. going to be beat. You're going to be beat by bad beats. You're going to win by, you mm-hmm. know, bad – you know, the theory is if it breaks even, you're fine, right? Um, but we went three and two. I got to tell you guys – this might be our best year. I'm not going to tell too much, but I got a few contacts I'm getting that are giving me some picks on Saturday afternoon that I'm just using to fill out the, you know, it's kind of like four or five guys that are really good. I'm getting them. That's where we got um, Minnesota from. I mean, none of us had Minnesota really. Oh, yeah, we did. Bit. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I just didn't even know that. But <laughs> <laughs> you both were on Minnesota? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Boy, I, I, if I knew that, that might have frozen. I know. You'd have been, I'm out. <laughs> Don't you remember we had the conversation when I said they were live to win the division and you made me explain why I said they were live to win yeah, the division? Yeah. No, I said they were the best team in the division, and RJ made me take a bad bet on well, it. You know what's funny? I, 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 <laughs> right. I, Instead of plus one, you, you bullied even me. Even money. And then you called me a square for getting bullied. <laughs> It's true. You can't know what's going to happen. You just got to do what you yeah. think is right. That's it's, all you it's some, it, listen, I've, I've been married long enough. Sometimes you just can't win. <laughs> now, that was pretty funny today on the show when I, he says, yeah, my boy. I asked him, right? I said, my boy, um, or I said, how's your boy in baseball? He goes, well, best pitcher on the JV team is a freshman and good hitter. And I said, boy, your wife must be athletic. Yeah. I don't think you got that. It no, I got it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> all right. Um, so Mackenzie, you captain the team. What we're gonna do, like Bill Simmons does, parent corner. I want to do um, forty-five seconds on the the travails of being the team captain of of t- we'll say Team CFB. I like it. That's the travails. You like it. I, I thought you meant down the road. I didn't think you meant go go. No, no, no. Give me, give me some. Like, was AJ trying to bully you like he tends to, or what? I, I like how they've like maybe four or five times this week they've told me about how bad my Titans pick was and how smart they were to replace it with the Steelers. I'm like, well, I first off, first off, it was your decision to replace it, right? Exactly, exactly, right. There, there can only be one. <laughs> there can only be one boss. And I, yeah, and I was not that sold on the Titans, so I was. It was just and five plus, initial I, ideas. I, I, I lean towards out. the Titans. I like the Titans too, as of Wednesday or two. Tuesday, I guess this week. So I don't know. I don't know if the Titans was that bad of a pick. I mean, if you look at some of the projected scores, it not sure. But, I like the Bears better than I like the Titans by the end of the week. That well, you like the Bears because I like the Bears. Yeah, but it takes me a lot. The to Bears like the, was like one of my opponent. late week epiphanies. Those don't mess. How's those been, McKenzie? Nine and two. I'm probably more. Than, I mean, it's been crazy. When I when I have a pick, I don't even think about. Come Friday though or Saturday, I'm like. What am I missing? Now, I will agree. Philly was a – Fez is the one that recommended it. And I kept looking. I go, you know, that's a sneaky good pick. Because I thought this is the only time you're going to get Philly where they're not the public side because Detroit was getting yes. so yes. much. But listen, the Detroit tells a story. If you play hard, regardless of the score, you cover a lot of spreads. Detroit's going to be a good play as an underdog. Except I don't think it is because I think it's at the, the cat's out of the bag. Right, I mean, it feels like the value isn't going to be there. They're the favorite now for the first time in the first long- time in 25 games. They had a 24 game streak of being an underdog. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. It's just not the value because remember they've won a lot of those games by half a point, yeah. a point. 
right, twelve and six ATS under Campbell now. Has any team been twelve and six with uh, how many wins do they have during that time? Like four, three. <laughs> That's crazy. Eighteen games, three wins with covers. And then nine covers otherwise? They're the best at trying. So that means, that means, <laughs> yeah. think about this a second. Half, that's pretty good. Half the games that they played, they lost but covered. Yeah. Mackenzie, do me a favor. Go league-wide last year, just last year, and say won the game, or I'm sorry, lost the game, covered the spread. I bet it's like 15%. And then you're going to have to take out nine out of 18 to say without the lines. Got it. Makes sense. All right, let's get started. Fez's best bat is Jacksonville. Now, listen, I like Indy here. It's not one of my official picks, but I don't like this at all. Um, uh, I guess we – no, I don't want to try to get – because, again, if Fez wasn't so busy, he'd, he would tell us his rationale. We're just going to live with it, and you know what we can do? We'll make a point. In fact, I'll tweet this out. Um, at RJ in Vegas is I'll get it from Fez in the next day or two with a little sentence or two about each of these picks, send it out. Mm -hmm. All right. We can say though, is we know the, the his, the history, right? Indy has not won a game in Jacksonville since 2014. Is there anything else that points at the Well, First off, we can't figure what, I mean, that's, there's the great line. And, and I believe this more than almost anything I believe actually is there's a great movie. I actually think it's a great movie, Searching for Bobby Fisher. And there's, it's about a young chess player yeah. in Brooklyn, I think he was. And the dad was a sports writer, right? Waitskin, I think, was the last name. So there's a little boy. He ends up being a prodigy, and he's really good. And all of a sudden, though, his parents are like, he's not playing like a little boy anymore. We got to take him out of chess school. So he gets taken out of chess school, and he's still playing. So he sees his, uh, the dad sees the teacher somewhere randomly. And he goes, how you doing? How you doing? He goes, how's Josh? And he goes, uh, that was his name, the boy's name. He goes, oh, great. Playing better than ever. Playing chess, playing better than ever. And the teacher looks at him and goes, how would you know? <laughs> it's like, if someone's an expert at something you're not, you have no idea what they're doing. Mm. Now, Fez is on, you know, on a special NFL level. Who knows? Sometimes this shit's obvious. Sometimes it's not. I don't know. I know I'm better than him by just one percent, though. I know the uh, the, the the Frank Reich zero and five uh, straight up in ATS and season openers that it went from four and zero to zero and five now or zero and four to zero and five four and zero ATS the week after. So slow starter picks it up in week two. So and here's the and the trend is that they haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. And there's been one game that was home, quote unquote, for Jacksonville in London, but they still you know. Um, but again, that's just one less game. I think the following, when it feels like your jaw might be on the line, pretty much. I mean, listen, this, this owner, Ursa, is kind of wacky, you know? Who knows what he's going to do? Uh, I think the score was deceiving last week. Indy played better than a tie. So, well, they also cut out the kicker, cut the kicker who uh, missed the field goal, kicked two kicks out of bounds, cost them a lot well, of yards. That, a lot that of points. out of bounds is a real problem. Um, yeah, but yeah, now they got the thirty-third best kick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right, so let's keep moving. We know that's Faz's. So now we'll do my best bet, which is I'm glutton for punishment. The New England Patriots. Okay, now here's what you need to know. I don't have my button. What, what do you mean you don't have a button? I don't have my green button. 
Well, then maybe move. Like you sit there like you're like in a wheelchair or something. All right. Well, let's be clear. You're not green button me off. No, no. I'm, this, it's a crossfire. Cross right? Yeah, right. you're right. Don't act like you're some great decision. No, this isn't a big balls play by me. No. If I let you buy out for 20 bucks, you probably. Yes. Right. <laughs> so, so, you know, but let's hear both sides. In fact, I want to hear your side first. How, how do you like the Steelers? Okay. Well, first of all, I, I get Mike Tomlin and as by a the dog. Way, by the way, it's not only going against my best bet, but I'm the best with Pittsburgh games. Oh, I know. Well, I liked Pittsburgh last week. You didn't. Uh-huh. Maybe, I've, maybe I'm a Except smidge you were on now. the wrong side. No, I was on the winning side, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> that's as square as you can I, 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 I'm going to come with it every time. Tomlin is an underdog, is an ATM, and it, uh, it cashed again last week. Okay, so, well, first of all, an ATM, are we talking porn now, or what? what, what? A, an automated teller machine. Oh, okay. Boy, that's how you really know someone's priorities. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is that sounds like uh, talk of – that's like – I know you didn't mean it that way, but that sounds like scammer talk, right? Like it's like it's like you can go get your withdrawal, just make this bad. But go ahead. No, but, I mean, he's he's obviously solid as an underdog in these spots What's where – What's the record? I, I, I've got to pull it back up. Yeah, I had it from last week. Re- yeah, I might have it ready. And uh, obviously T.J. Watt is going to be – uh, he's going to be missed. That's a, a big loss. But the pass rush without him but is still. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Is I do think the fact that it, is it still belief that he'll be back midseason? Yes. That to me, it was to the point where people were, you know, where they don't like to um, say, oh, he's out for the season. It got to the point where it's like, yeah, he's out for the season. Meaning it's a shocker that he's not. It was a, a situation where they had to determine if he needed surgery or not. And, and they what I'm decided saying is the belief, the belief was that he was out for the season. Yeah. Now he's not. Yeah, now he's not. And while it certainly takes a hit without him, I think this defense is still worlds better than the Miami defense that bottled up New England last week. So uh, so did they bottle up New England? Uh, yeah. So what was the yardage count? I mean, it seems like you'd have that ready to go if they, you know about the bottling up. <laughs> the yardage, uh, the, the yardage per play. No, no, no. I'm sorry. What was the yardage count? I'm sorry. Oh, I'll, you have that? No, so, I'll pull it up. All right. Now. So the yardage count, as we see it, says Miami should have won by 2.4 points. So what, what what is that? How many yards? 15 yards a point? 36 yards they outgained. Yeah. So bottle it up. Hmm. 36 yards? Well, Miami's offense wasn't great either. Okay, okay. So it was pretty much a coin flip game. Right, but did you think Miami's or New England's offense was impressive? I think it was this. No, it's, I don't know. That's very childlike saying impressive. The question is, how was the offense relative to the perception? If the perception was of the worst offense ever, but they really just were below average, that means they're underrated, right? Do you believe that New England's as bad as they're currently? But you got to think that New England's worse than their current line. Yes. Okay. So let's look at how much this line has changed. And this is always good starting in week two. We can do the look-ahead lines. So this line was Pittsburgh favored by one and a half at the, before the game went off. No, check that. New England favored by one and a half. Then the world opened with Pickham. And now New England money has come in. So you lose Watt. Pittsburgh wins an obviously deceiving game. And the line doesn't move in New England's favor. It's a, it's a, New England got downgraded. I mean, a, a clear amount. Um, I'm not sure they should have. If you look at uh, – we got different ways now of looking at these games. 
Kevin Cole from PFF believes Pittsburgh should, or I'm sorry, check that, New England should have won the game, 20 to 17. I'm not saying that's the only word. I'm just saying, hey, can you look at um, Football Outsiders, McKenzie? Yes. On that game? Uh, oh, by the way, ATS, oh, McKenzie's coming in strong here. Oh, I like this. ATS record when an underdog. So, again, you don't want to do the three, right? You want to say two and a half or less, right? Uh, or one favorite. So if they're not a three-point dog, or oh, no, that's deceiving, McKenzie. No, 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 no. Give us the dog from pick them, let's say pick them to two and a half. Because you, eh, yeah. <laughs> this is one of those numbers. Well, well, my, and again, this was back in me, but but I, I, it's bad numbers. So go ahead. But uh, New England, New England's offense, and this is one of the games that I actually got to watch the entirety of. They the offensive line didn't give Matt Jones time. All twenty two on broadcast TV. No. Okay. But I mean, I can see things like the offensive line didn't give Mac Jones much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mac Jones was under pressure most of the game. Uh, well, if you get a new lines coach, sometimes it's you know starting the year's top. Yeah, I and I agree. Uh, and that's why it's a bad time to be playing the Steeler defense. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't get the ball down how the field. Good, here's the thing, though. Without Watt, how good is the defense? I think they're still, still there. I, I think the, even the pass rush, even without Watt, is still well, well above it, average. Well, how was it after Watt? When did Watt go out of the game? I want to say it was second quarter. I'd have to. I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I know it was in in the earlier parts of the game. All right. So this actually speaks to a good point. So if the uh, um, Pittsburgh's a small, small fit, uh, underdog, so either pick them to two and a half, thirteen and eleven. So not as big as his overall Which underdog. Which makes record. sense because yeah. if he's not good as a favor, it's going to, in theory, it's going to start to move in a certain direction. All right. Um, I'm interested in how the pressure was after T.J. Watt went out. It's hard to imagine. I mean, like, no team has, you know, like, look at, like, I mean, think it's, I mean, who's better right now, T.J. Watt or Vaughn Miller? Boy, this is an easy decision. T.J. Watt's T- much yeah. better. That was a tough one for you? Uh, Von it Mi- is? Um, yeah. So, I mean, Von Miller did nothing to the Super Bowl. I mean, he did nothing with the Rams except in one game. And then he had one game against his former team. And all of a sudden now we, we get rid of the two years prior that he was average or slightly. Uh, you're, okay, you're, that's fair. All right. So, but look at the difference Von Miller is making on, you know, the Rams uh, to some degree. Because I don't think it's all about what he does. It's, it's the attention he takes. It's what, Buffalo. With Buffalo yeah. or even with the Rams, yeah. I think he helps. He's he's a dis- at minimum he's a decoy. Yeah. Or, or you got you know, and to me, if you take him off a team, if you take him off the Bills, the theory is it's a big deal, right? Yeah. Well, why wouldn't it be a big deal for Pittsburgh, who quite frankly has a below, well, not below average, but an underperforming secondary? Like th- their pressure is their defense, yes. and then Fitzpatrick, but he's not a. He's not a cover guy. You know, the corners aren't great. Maybe is the better way to say Fitzpatrick it. is more of a – he's a fixer. Yeah. He covers up some of the other oh, problems. I lo- Listen, the guy had a game for the eight. And when you block an extra point <laughs> yeah. in overtime and you got a pick six, yeah, that's a, that's a season worth of defense. Yeah, no I doubt. Mean, so, I, to me, it's simple. Is whenever you have a trend line that points one way with narratives – New England's not any good. Belichick has lost it. He, it's ego. This is now the different narratives. He thinks he can do anything. There's nothing he can't do. So he'll take two bad defensive coaches, make them offensive coaches. 
then spin a top and win the game, whatever. When everyone says, no, enough already. Now, what, what we got to do is do a psychological examination of the Belichick haters. Now, you seem to be in that group. I'm not a Belichick hater. It just seems like you – here's the thing. And I'm going to ask you a serious question. Don't laugh. Don't try to make a joke of it. If you lived contemporaneously to Jesus Christ, <laughs> would you attempt to debunk him? No. I think you would. <laughs> because you, you don't like anything that's too – you think everyone's – Everyone poops, stinks. Everyone's got their bad side. And whenever someone's glorified, you hate it. Bill Belichick's the greatest coach that's ever coached football. Didn't say that. It doesn't mean he's never going to lose. But you, I know, but you hate glorified. Tell me the person that has the highest approval percentage amongst the masses that you also like. Josh Allen. He, he has no approval percentage anyway. No one knows him. I mean, football, people know him, but, I mean, so he's not like a figure of any – I mean, uh, plus you're a Bills fan. You're going to like your quarterback. Okay. <laughs> Who else? Look, 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 he's digging. Hazmat Shemaev. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? He's a UFC fighter. <laughs> no, I'm serious. He can't come up with it. Look at him. He, he doesn't even know this about himself. He hates anything that is too perfect because he, he likes the – he's a truth guy. He wants to debunk the, the superficial love and get to the smelly truth. That's probably fair. And thus you don't like Belichick because he's a genius. and Oh, he's perceived as a genius. But I believe he's a genius. But he still – that's not enough. You think he's loved more no, than he I is. No, I think you're putting do you think, that on. Do you think I love him too much? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So you think he's a genius, but you think I'm a mark for him. Yeah. Okay. So that shows. Those can both exist. They can, which shows that you think he's a genius is irrelevant. You think he's too loved. He's an overrated genius. Uh, he's an overrated <laughs> genius. He is a... He is a that's a perfect way he's to say it. He's a fallible genius. But and we don't think he is, so he's overrated. Okay. Right? I guess so. And you hate that. I do. You hate overrated. I do. So you just admitted I'm exactly right. I, I, you are. I, maybe that's the case. <laughs> you, were, I, you were fighting it, though. We need a bell. Throw the towel. All right. So anyway, I, I'll, I'll go ahead. Finish your hand. Oh, again. no, I, I was done. All right. So to me, as I look at this, I, th I think the trend line was going one way, and then he did everything to show you. It's almost like you think some girl you have a crush on gets a boyfriend and you you hear a couple of things about him you think he's a scoundrel he's a you know he's a douche and then he shows up and he does something douchey yeah like big time no subject you know like maybe he takes someone's uh i don't know like takes their napkin and w cleans his glasses and drops on the ground or something you know like okay like it's a molly ringwald movie you're gonna think he's a douche times 50 now because it's like you've confirmed your opinion mm-hmm your priors, as they say. Well, everyone who was thinking Belichick's finally gone too far or the Brady lovers out there, this, that game was a, the score. If you weren't watching the game, it looked like a disaster. In truth, it wasn't a disaster. A couple of turnovers. I mean, we do this analysis now. How many points per turnover or for the game was there turnovers that went against the team that were luck-based, not skill-based? So New England lost about 13 points that they shouldn't have on offense. And they gave up nine points on defense that they shouldn't have just because of turnovers. So that's a 22-point adjustment on turnovers. The second biggest of the week is Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, 12.4 points. So it's almost double. Mm -hmm. you just, all you got to do is, is add in that 22 uh, and 
That's a win, right? What was the what was the final? Oh, certainly a win. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a different line right here. Would it, it would be. So here's the question: Pittsburgh two point dogs at home. What sh- what would the line be if this game was in New England? Are we like getting on the other side of seven? Do you think that highly of the Patriots? Wait, wait, wait. The other side of seven. So these days we're counting two for home field typically. Feels like Pitt- Pittsburgh and New England both have a, a, a well above average home field, right? No. New England has a well below average home field. Cause okay. Because remember, I think we talked about this once. Is home field is not how good you are at home. Relative to your overall performance. Well, relative to your away performance, right? That's the only other. There's two things that make yeah, the yeah. whole, right? So New England was always the best road team. They were the best home team, <laughs> but but they were more the Delta. Like at home, they were comparable to Green Bay. They were comparable to the Saints when they're playing well. Yeah, but on the road, no one was comparable. In fact, we can't do a, do that. And let's just get during the era. Go road game. Um, go up to Brady's uh, no. Go up to Brady's penultimate year, not his last year, and go from the Super. Uh, go from the second Super Bowl. So there was the win, then they didn't make the playoffs, then they made the Super Bowl. So that's when they started really being good. That second Super Bowl. Go from there through Brady's next and last year, and just away net margin straight up, and rank them, and it's going to be New England like five and a half points. And then no one else might even be above Pickham. I mean, okay. like, we'll see. But it's so thus that's why. And if we did that for home, it's going to be a lot closer. So what do you think the line would be in New England? <sighs> Four points, maybe. Might be five and a half or six. And that feels right to you? Yeah, I don't know. You're you're kind of right in high. a way. I kind of think in a way you're right. But here's another thing: all numbers aren't created equal. You're right. Five and a half, I'm fine with. The, the line here went from Pickham to two. Not key numbers. You know, not saying all numbers matter, mm-hmm. but not many. You're not falling one and two very often. If this was New England minus three and a half, you're, auto, you're, you're on Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't like it, but I would be. Yeah. In fact, I'm not sure I would be, actually. Just because, Bel- I mean, if you look at, you talk about records off losses. I mean, Belichick's insane. When he loses by double digits, we'll get that next. Um, I should have that at my fingertips. I don't. Um and, and what was the rationale of the lost turnovers and all that? It was four fumbles hit the ground from New England, and all four recovered from Miami. The, re- the team that fumbles typically recovers over 55%. So it's 16 to 1 or worse at 55 that you're going to lose all four. Yeah. Right there is a long, long shot. McKenzie, by the way, his best bet, New England. Now, you would say, RJ, boy, he follows you like a puppy dog. No, he released this today to his clients before he even knew I liked it. So kudos. Teams uh, off of double-digit losses in week one are 61% ATS over the last 10 years in week two. So that's saying it's against AJ. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I agree. <laughs> okay, okay. I got the Belichick stuff here. So off a double-digit loss from his first year, in New England. Well, I guess we're going from 2000 on to get it a year before. But, yeah, that's interesting. But it's fine. We can decide what the point was. But 28 winners, 11 losses when he's off of a double-digit loss. Now, do one more search. Just kill the double-digit loss and say WP less than 50. Let's see what how he does when... There won't be many games. When he like when they're under five hundred, uh-huh, is that what that uh-huh. means? So uh yeah, lose the seat. Yeah, there you go. 
Uh, 28 and 17. Yeah. Boy, that's a lot of games. I didn't, wouldn't think there was that many games. But that was all weighted. Let's see how many games there's been since, like, 2003. Let me see the games. Okay. Oh, I guess there was a few in 2020, right? So between, like, eight, there was one in 18, there was one in 17, one in 14. You know what's funny? None between 03, and then there's a gap until 12. <laughs> do me a favor. Do the same thing for the Steelers. Tomlin's probably most amazing streak. He's only had, one, I think, one season that he's ever had one game below 500. Like any games below 500. Almost the same. Yeah, 28 and 14. But for a long time, he didn't have. So this is interesting. So uh, I think you got something wrong here. It wasn't 13. What's, what's going on here? Team and win percentage is less than 50. Huh. Well, you, I think that's wrong. I really do. Could it have been that long ago that I was pushing that trend? Because they, they started out like 0-4 one year. Was that the year? I think that's when Big Ben was suspended. Huh. Okay. So maybe it wasn't as many. I mean, still, it's impressive. But he went like, I guess even with this, he started coaching them, I think, in 7 so, he, yeah, that's interesting. So, even if we assume 13, right? So, between 07, so 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, he had one, you know, in 12, he had a bunch. So, really, in 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, he First had five years. Five years, he had one game they were under 500 that's at crazy. any point. Week it, two, 124 it was week zero. Two. So, they lost. After week two, <laughs> he was never below 500 <laughs> until it was like six or seven, six years. Now, that is amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, but, boy, I, I'm kind of fiberglass that it's been that long since I, I was pushing that trend <laughs> like crazy. It's really been that long? All right. All right. So it, it, I will admit this. Um, I think this was a directional pick on my part because a pick him, it makes sense. A two, it makes sense to me, but not as much, obviously. But it's, it's, it's two. So I think you've done a good job here. Of uh, like, I still like the game, but I probably have lost about half my vigor for it because you're right. I'm just thinking New England's going to be adjusted. Fez does this all the time, and I always chastise him. Is um, I thought New England's going to be super value because they just got beat. Pittsburgh had a deceiving loss or a deceiving win. That's the perfect storm for value, except there's no value. There's very little value here, which makes me wonder. How sharp is this market getting? Like, this feels like the perfect storm of I mean, think about it. If I told you there's a team, the coach got more heat than any coach in the offseason, which Belichick did. Whatever that heat was, it was affirmed in week one. It was, like, affirmed like crazy. Yeah. Everyone who thought that thinks it times 50. They think it's a foregone conclusion now. The other team has a scrappy underdog attitude. They were a touchdown underdog against a division rival, and they won through guts and perseverance and an exciting win. Isn't that the perfect storm to think that team gets upgraded, the other team gets yes. downgraded? It just it, it maybe leans to how much they value T.J. Watt. No, it leans that this market understands Pittsburgh's win was deceiving, New England's loss was deceiving, and, you, and the schmoes can go act like they know something. Here's the line. And I guarantee you... Pittsburgh is, is going to get a big chunk of the bats. 
I'm thinking. I haven't even looked at the bet splits. Uh, 78% Pittsburgh. Yeah. See? And the line's moving the other way. This is the, and AJ's with them. <laughs> but at least he's after the, oh, sorry. At least he's after the move. Let's give him credit there. But you probably liked this before the move. Uh, no. Uh, oh, yeah. It was just that I mean, I, I really liked it because I just said it, this, right. this line you says need, that. You the, don't need to do a valid victory. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just it didn't make sense. This line meant four and a half, five on a neutral. And that just seemed like too much to me. I, I hear you. I want to, like, dump a Gatorade thing on. on I AJ. do feel like a champion like, right now. I'm not going to lie. But I watched a victory. I think sometimes RJ just gives me one no, to like no, keep no. me afloat. No, 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 no. Listen, like he'll kick my ass six weeks in a row and be like, you know what? I gotta throw this dude a bone. I just want to. I'm losing him. I'm losing the, the team. No, 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 no. <laughs> First off, you guys have had more energy than I've seen in a long time. Number two, this proves to you when I think I'm on the wrong side. I and I don't even think I'm on the wrong side. I just think this isn't a best bet. This isn't a best bet level pick. Is I'll admit it immediately. I mean, I didn't even struggle with I it. I respect it, eh? Yeah. So when I don't back down, you should maybe yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's uh, That goes into what you were talking about with the teams. If you think one team had a bat, had a, a fluky win, then you have to up downgrade them and downgrade the loser or it, the correlated things. Yeah. So when you oh, – okay, yeah. So when you – Scott, you're Get talking too in. much. We're we're losing the hour of power. Uh, no, no, <laughs> when, we're probably, no, no, it's, it's, it's a correlated. It's a correlation. When you give in, we should accept that and and now value when you don't give exactly. in even more. That's what I told Mary for years. I never could convince <laughs> her of that. Okay, now what I was saying is this. <laughs> I'm like on the chalkboard right now, That's writing good. the equations. What I was saying is this: you now know for sure we don't edit for content. Would we have left that in? Would we? All right, next game. Next game. Oh no, I got to give my best bet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Next game. Packers. Next game, best bet Packers. Best Continue. bet. Make your case. Uh, seventeen and three against the Bears. The last ten years, with the average margin of victory in those seventeen wins. 12.8 points per game. Bears are in a massive letdown spot after the huge emotional win in the rainstorm as an underdog at home against the 49ers. And look at what the Packers did last year. Terrible week one. There was a reason why I bet against the Packers in week one. is because of how they started last year as well. They bounced back. They should bounce back again here. They got good news on the injury front. Alan Lazard, David Bakhtiari, both practicing this week. And then there's the trends, right? We talked about just like the uh, Patriots with the teams coming off of a week one double-digit loss, 61% ATS over the last 10 years. Um, Aaron Rodgers, after a loss, 8-0 with a 14-point-per-game margin. Now, this is something that I found interesting, specifically against the Bears after a loss. Uh, Rodgers, 9-0, ATS against the Bears after a loss. And here's a, an interesting nugget about rookie head coaches. And Matt Eber, and that 8-0, by the way, I'm sorry, is with uh, Matt LaFleur as the head yeah. coach, which that's why the Bears 9-0 here, uh, Rodgers 9-0 personally against the Bears after a loss. But with rookie head coaches, which Eberflus falls into, when they are six-point dogs or more, they only cover 47% of the time since 2012. So the rookie head coaches don't do well as a big underdog. The Packers own the Bears. And just to be clear, this is all games, not just All games, yeah. yeah. The Packers own the Bears, and I think they will bounce back from their week one loss and demolish the Bears like they always do. Yeah, this is my four-way. For... One, one second. I'm sorry. 
I just want to stress this. A lot of people are hearing 47. They're thinking, well, that's not significant. How many games is it? 88, 98, and 4 ATS. All right, so when you have almost 200 games. Yeah. And it's three points below or three wins below. So give me the win. How many wins? What's the win count? It's the what, straight up? Mm-hmm. 30. Oh, no, no, no. ATS. Oh, 88. 88 what and what? 98 and 4. So it's 10. They're 10 wins below break even or, or flip on a coin, which means there is a trend there. You know, 47 doesn't sound crazy, but again, you got 200 games. The, the straight up margin is ridiculous, by the way. The straight up margin. Well, but six point dogs. You're yeah, have. yeah. 38 and 152. <laughs> But what's what, oh yeah, but what's the ATS margin on those picks, by the way? Or do you have the ATS margin? On those, no, just the, the <coughs> okay, ATS yeah. is the ATS is forty. You got the record, yeah. but okay, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers twenty and seven ATS career against the Bears. That's good for seventy four percent. Rodgers also sixty four percent ATS after a loss. You mentioned the the eight and zero under Lafleur. 22 touchdowns, zero picks right, coming right. off a loss. But here's the thing: those are fun stats, but these are newspaper stats, I think. Right. Everyone knows Green Bay is better than Chicago, and he, they dominate him. We also know the I own you stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So now the question is, is the market probably accounting for that? So how do we assess that? I think we're, we're also buying the Packers low, coming off a, a, really an embarrassing but, but, loss. But again, the same mistake I made with Pittsburgh. Are they low? So let's look at the look-ahead right. line. So in theory, the look-ahead line should have moved pretty heavily to Chicago because Chicago overperformed, Green Bay yep. underperformed, right? Well, the line uh, beforehand, here it is. Green Bay was um, the closing look ahead was 10. Line's 10. No adjustment then. Line opened up at 8.5 and, and has been pushed to 10 now. Mm-hmm. So I guess my point is, okay, that's a good point in that the market said, yeah, let's downgrade Green Bay, let's upgrade Chicago, or at least the – Bookies did, yeah, and the better and the market was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but now you guys are playing at a ten. Yeah, but also the the injury news for like for Green Bay getting Bakhtiari back, getting Alan Lazard, Lazard back. Th- those are two big returns. Which maybe is driving some of the line yeah. move. Mm-hmm. So, but you're still and playing fa- the ten. And like I said, I'm fading Chicago all, in a letdown spot here off of the win last week. But you got the Giants coming up, don't you? Yeah. And are they letting down? No. What's the difference? <laughs> you know one, the difference, RJ. One, one plays in one, New York. One coach has Dave Balls of Steel. The other, the other, the other coach has. Well, you two plus. are gonna, you two are gonna love this Giants team. You love the Bills. Now you got the. I mean, all right. I'm not saying Chicago. Listen, here's what I know. Let's look at the results from last week and see what the true results were, um, or at least let's say the underlying results. So Green Bay, we're saying they should have lost, but wow, they should have lost by. Only four points if you look at yardage. Five points if you look at YPP. Kevin Cole says they should have lost by five. So the whole the market's just saying five five. So in a way, that Minnesota score was deceiving. Mm-hmm. Um, about five points, and really in truth, they lost by how many was it? Uh, Twenty. Well, let me see here. Um, it was what seventeen or seven to twenty-three. So. 16 points. So it feels like about 10, 11 points where the scoreboard was deceiving. Now, if we look at Chicago. This is where it gets interesting. Chicago should have lost by eight and a half by yards, uh, by YPP, by six and a half they should have lost. Kevin Cole says by five. So in general, they should have lost by about five. Green Bay should have won by about five. 
and in truth, the line was, uh, or the results were over 10 points off in both directions. Mm -hmm. Green Bay, you now remember, when they bounced back, quote-unquote, from the Saints, they were losing at halftime of that Detroit game on Monday Night Football in Game 2. Yeah. But then they came back strong. I don't know. Do you think, is there a sense of urgency, or is Aaron Rodgers the type that he's saying relax even now? But Aaron Rodgers always says relax. I don't so think Aaron Rodgers is urgent about anything. Want, but I guess you know these urgent off of losses because you got that the, the numbers. The numbers back it up. Do we want to maybe look at Aaron Rodgers in props? Because it, it feels like, you know, what, or another question is what happened to the defense? I mean, the defense from Green Bay didn't look good. Is it just a matter of defense? They had a couple of new pieces and it's integration? What is it? Here's why we don't want to look at Aaron Rodgers for props. It's a primetime game and a premier player. You told me last year you, agree, you don't generally. want to go over on premier players in primetime games. I agree generally. Um, the question is, is there any uh, – yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Because he is one of the yeah. – and again, who, what's the market betting the game? In primetime game, it's different. Yeah. But I think it. I think the prime time game helps Rodgers because he is the type that if the lights get brighter, he at least wants to look better. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts? Not on that one. All right. And that was one that you had both the best bet from Scott and let's see here. It was Green Bay. Let me see. It was my four weight. Yeah. So that's nine total. Now we got a couple other doubles. We've got one triple coming up, and we've done our crossfire. And we got a mock crossfire. I'll play. Oh, I'll fake Fez show up. I like that. Oh my I don't god! Like that. You know, no, you're. <laughs> You'll like it. We would. No, I'm not. I don't even can't even get in that mind space right now. Is Fez was doing the college pod for years, right? Then it just became overwhelming, and we, you know, we had the whole crew. So I just for about four weeks, I just was Fezic, but I was fake Fez. Uh -huh. he, was, he was evil from another planet, and it was like Fez's inner self. And it wasn't pretty. Yeah, I just meant I didn't like it because I don't want you debating me. On the other <laughs> side of my game. I don't know. I'm easy now. Okay, four wait time. Oh, my five star. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, the Seattle Seahawks you, plus. But you've been very involved so far. I for have, not having given. Your I'll pick. be quiet in the second uh, half. No, no, go ahead. Seahawks plus nine and a half at the Niners. Mm. Market is at eight on this game. I'm getting nine and a half. And a lot of this is about pace for me. Uh, I expect this to be a lower scoring game. I think the training wheels are still on Trey Lance. And now without Elijah Mitchell, I, I expect him. I mean, I, I think they're even more conservative offensively. I don't know what else they can do. Seattle was content to drain clock this week. They ran 49 well, plays in week one. Back, how do you get more conservative? Well, I don't think I think they're going to be more Debo Samuel lined up as running back. I don't, I don't think they're going to suddenly just start chucking well, the ball around. Why is that conservative, though? How, what because it, it takes it takes putting Debo Samuel at running back takes away an explosive play threat on the outside. Except the way they do it, and I, I understand the basics. He's on the field. He could line up ultimately in the backfield. He could be a receiver. Mm -hmm. Based on the defense, he's going to do whatever. I, I don't see why they would necessarily run the ball more when you lose a running back. But you're saying they're going to run the ball the same, but they're going to have Samuel run it. Or, I'm sorry, have uh, Debo run it. Yep. But I'm saying if he runs it, they're choosing to run because it's going to be a run-pass option, not at the snap, but before the snap. But go ahead. But either way, I want everybody running because I want the clock to be running because nine and a half points in a game that mm -hmm. I think is going to be very low scoring the, is valuable. What's the total on it? Uh, 41. That's pretty low. Go ahead. Keep going. Uh, they were the, Seattle was the slowest team last year. Uh, at 50, right, hold on, Russell Will. It's a whole different OC. It's a different. 
I, I get 56 plays per game last year with Russell Wilson. Week one, 49 plays in the game. By far the lowest in week okay, one. Okay, so why not like the under then? Why are you giving me a handicap on the under? I mean, well, I, get, well, I, I mean, getting nine and a half in a game yeah, where you think it's going to be low scoring. It's, it's, it's you know what's funny is if you go do the analysis and look at low scoring um, or low totals and high lines, the high lines cover m- much more than because one times. team doesn't score. Well, I think it's because people yeah. oh, I think the line gets unnaturally constrained. Like people that think like him and think, well, I can't bet, I can't lay nine here because the total is too low. So you get one-sided action and it pushes the line down. So I, this is my four-star play. All so right. we're, both, we're both on this. Uh, last week, Seattle held Denver to 103 rushing guards. Um, both running backs really didn't do much. So I think that if the 49ers will run the football, I do think that Denver, uh, that, that Seattle is going to do a good job of uh, containing them. Geno Smith as a starting quarterback, say what you will about the guy. He's 9-0 and against the spread in former, his last nine Jets. games. So yeah. you still have a fantasy He's, he's 9-0 and ATS in his last nine games as a starting quarterback. And 49ers, over the last five years, 6-14 and ATS as a home favorite of 3-11. 3-11? What kind yeah. of crazy? Is that a Mark Lawrence trend? I mean, like, Shanahan is 36% as a favorite, the ATS. I so just, just that, overall as a okay, favorite, they, they What I'm struggle. saying is we don't do the, you know, the from four to seven and a half that, you know, yeah. So I just think that Seattle last week clearly did not look like the worst team in the league, which is what everyone thought they were going All with. right, well, hold on a second. There's a big elephant in the room, which is this is probably the biggest letdown spot of the entire I mean which I have in giant capital letters underneath my handicap worry about potential letdown for Seattle. But why haven't you brought it up? Because you, you don't just, want to ignore the truth just cuz it isn't convenient. I think Al Gore told us that. Let's embrace it. I I I think this team is is the biggest letdown spot. Because I mean, have you ever seen I mean, haven't you have you seen a team that excited to win a game like they were when they missed that field goal, that little chip shot? No. No, I mean, well, Brian Dable. <laughs> I mean, was he? Was he? His reaction was was pretty pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, what I'm saying is the entire team, the entire state. Yeah. You know, now they're going on the road. Well, George Kittle not practicing, I think, is big. We saw. Yeah, Kittle might be. I think we, he's out for a, week, a couple more. And we weeks. saw what the offense looked like without him. I mean, yeah, you almost have to throw any a lot of things out about last week because of the weather, but he's clearly a big loss. Now hold on a second. Don't you have a trend that is if a team is a big favor, and they lose how they do in week two. Why are you withholding the truth from us? If a team, the 49ers, do fall into this trend, week one favorites of six or more that lose are 18-4 and four ATS in week two, and the 49ers do fall into that trend. Now, it makes sense because, and, and that trend, by the way, 8-1 and one in the last nine instances. So this is more truth you're withholding. So don't doesn't that tell you a story? The teams hate to go zero and two. Yes, it's a team that is good enough to be a big favorite in week one. Yes, you know what I think? I think let's look at another trend. Oh, this is funny. Okay, so by the way, just to give you guys some insight here, um, no, 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 Mackenzie, no, make the total thirty-eight. Okay. So it doesn't help us a ton. Um, let me see less than that. Make the uh, make it ten, and let's see what happens there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is good. All right. So check this out. Total of thirty-eight or less. 
Okay, that's a low total. And historically, yeah. okay. And the line is a double-digit favorite or more. A double-digit favorite. Okay. 56%, 56.7% they cover. 55, 42, and 1 since 2000. Do that since the beginning of the database. I don't like you doing that. So it goes against like the idea of low total, high spread, take mm -hmm. the points. Because everyone's thinking it, so it depresses the spread. Yeah. But in this case, the spread has gone up. But we don't know what it would be if it wasn't for this depressing fact. Uh -huh. You can push hard, but if it's a force the other way that's pushing. All right, good stuff, Mackenzie. Um, let's think. I was going to do one other thing. What was it? We were talking. Oh, do me a favor. Check this out. Um, the team is a favorite by – Is it what, what's the line here? It's uh, 900. Okay. Favorite by more than a touchdown, but they lost – it's week two, but they lost in week one. So we're flipping this. Instead of how big of a favorite they were in that, we well, just know. How big of a favorite they were in week two. Exactly. They lost, and now in theory they can name the score. Not name the score, but they should be able to. Uh -huh. I think that's going to be really good. Um, okay, so line uh, in week two, and prior was a loss. Oh, wow, this is surprising. 26, 27, and one. Huh. Okay. Maybe they're not as good as advertised. You no, know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That is interesting. That is interesting. But really, it's pretty much the same trend, except as yours, except which is interesting. I wonder in yours, let's do yours and see if in a big, if the line's big, it might not be any good. Well, I guess there's only four losses in there, right? But yeah. it might be four and four. All right. Yeah, do that just out of curiosity, Mackenzie. So um, last game, less than or equal to six, minus six, they lost. And this game, let's say they're favored by over a, a touchdown or more, or over a touchdown and see what happens. Either way, we'll see. Also, since Shanahan's come to San Francisco, the Seahawks are 8-2 and two straight up against the 49ers. So they, they've, the, the Seahawks have dominated this series. And all, almost all the games have been pretty close. There's a couple Seahawks blowouts. Here's a, here, but Here's the difference, though. So there was the, the Seattle... Um, cover, what is that called? Cover three? I think, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Which was the, pre, you know, the Legion of Boom, and mm -hmm. then a lot of the league did. Now, actually, Pete Carroll has changed. Like, this year, they're literally changing the D away from that. So, in general, Shanahan matching up against that, you know, cover three type was what it was, right? I don't know enough to tell you why, but it's thought now they're changing their D. So, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying it won't work. But I'm just saying it does feel like there's a fundamental change happening that maybe yep. is part of it. Um, okay. This doesn't make any sense. So line? No, no, no. Okay. That was the one that was up before. That's the new one that you asked me for. All right. So this is going way, way back, and it's 20 and 11, you're saying, so it still looks good. Okay. Huh. All right. So both of them. Yeah, because my trend is since 2002. Yeah. Okay. So it just feels like in both games, because you guys just really like Green Bay, and you like Seattle. Now, you might say on one hand they're laying the lumber, the other hand they're taking, the, you know, taking it, but it seems like you're on the wrong side of, of the motivation in both cases. Mm. Because who is the most motivated team this week? San Fran and who? Who's, number, who's in that conversation? Maybe New England because they got embarrassed. Um, Indianapolis. For Cincinnati. Sure. Eh. I think they're at the bottom of the first tier, but okay. Arizona. Well, we don't know if they have any fight in them. I mean, this is a team that was supposed to be good at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but were they? What was their win total? 
Well, no, I'm I'm saying the first half of the season. Like this Uh, is historically they've made their hay in the first half, so that's a that's a pretty rough start. But and we really we don't have to over parse who's in the first tier. But let's agree, San Francisco. They're amongst the the leaders. Very motivated, and Seattle is maybe the flat. Who's the flattest team? If if Carolina would have won, I would make the case Carolina might have been flat flatter or as flat. But Cleveland, maybe they're a little flat. But I don't know. But Lordy B, it has to be Seattle is right in the mix. As the so you have one of the most motivated teams against one of the flattest mm-hmm. teams, and then in the Green Bay one, I I think you're doing it right. But here's the thing: you're laying the lumber. Like to right. me, ideally, yeah. you don't lay the lumber. You don't play the lesser motivated team. You guys have done it each in the you know. So I don't know. None of them I love, but I like the guts. The let's be honest. To say give us nine, give me nine and a half, whatever. That's not your typical style. You guys like you know you like favorites. You I've been coming around though. I know. So I think <laughs> this is a gutsy. This is like your Arizona pick, wasn't you? Yeah. How'd that work See, out? That, that's what ha- when you do those kind of picks and you get crushed. Yeah. It, it's so hard to go back to the well. It takes a real professional, like me. To lose that New England game by so much. And then and go come right back and say, to them. Give me a little bit more. You know what I want? I want more of that. <laughs> I want more of that. That's not easy. Over time, taking those blows, it ain't easy. I got the scars, so it's mine. But. <laughs> All right, next. You guys done? Yep. Yeah. All right, so where are we now? AJ, it's been the AJ show. Fez is four weight, which happens to be my three weight as well. Oh, my God. All right, the four weight from Fez, the New York Jets. Now, I can't lie. I was leaning Jets here. Oh, so, okay, we got Esler. Why don't we do this? Let's take an AJ break. I'm with it. <laughs> we got Esler with his best bet. It happens to be on the Jets. That's good for AJ. Let's listen. I love and I bet the Jets and the under 40 points in their game at Cleveland. And I look at last week, I don't know what I can take away from the Browns win. Uh, that Chubb is really good. That percent is not uh, 18 of 34 for 147 yards. What was initially impressive, though, is that Cleveland held McCaffrey to 33 yards. Carolina has a team to 54 yards rushing. I think that's figurative, however, because the Browns held the ball for 38 minutes the Panthers had to play from behind all game, hence only 19 rushing attempts. On the other hand, the Jets, they had 100 more yards than the Ravens, 11 more first downs. They held the ball longer and had less turnovers. The box score says they win that game nine times out of 10, but converting only two of 14 third down attempts will ruin what a box score says most every time. We don't know who's going to quarterback the Jets, but for my purposes, it doesn't matter. Flacco isn't beating anyone with his arm, and I'm not sold on Wilson. Jets aren't going to attempt 59 passes again. But there's value on the Jets, especially with that lower total, because the Browns had one of the worst third-down defenses last season. So I think the Jets fixed that 2-14. And And there has to be somewhat of a letdown for the Browns after the Mayfield hype for two months. If the Jets can hold the Ravens to three yards per carry, they can at least contain Chubb. And Brissett limits big plays by being Brissett. So this game also stays under about the Jets plus six and the game under 40 points. Oh, Dave Asler. Now, some call him Uncle Dave. Why? Because he's he's uncle <laughs> He's the type that wants to take people under his wing. He wants to help them. He's got like hundreds of, you know, acolytes that just ask him about handicapping and they've evolved with him. It's really one of the reasons pregame does what we do is that kind of 
connections. But he's also called Diamond Dave because he's ruthless. He doesn't seem like uncles don't seem ruthless. <laughs> Diamond Dave is ruthless. And this might surprise you, but I say this most weeks. It's almost been 10 years Diamond Dave's been with us. He's won as much money for his client. If you were to bet every game of Diamond Dave, him, Goodfella, and Fezzik are right there one, two. You would think Fezzik with those two guys. No. Those two guys, you don't know their names nationally. They're pregame guys that have been here 10-plus years each, and Goodfella does really well. Diamond Dave, Uncle Dave. He's not disassociated. He did try to get two bonuses once at a sports book, <laughs> but that was a whole different thing. Very good. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what Dave's saying. This is a matchup of, of two running teams who also did a great job of stopping the run last week. Uh, only the Bills allowed fewer rushing yards than the Jets and the Browns in week one. And both these teams playing with backup quarterbacks, so it's not like they're going to change their stripes and suddenly start chucking the ball around the field. They're going to play it safe, try to avoid turnovers. I know RJ just got on me about this. This total's down to 39 and a half. And if you want to play the Browns, you have to give six points with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. It's crazy. I, you know, last week, I was like, yeah, Saints sound good. And in hindsight, it's like, wow, I was given five and a half points on the road with Jameis Winston. <laughs> it just it, it didn't make sense. Brown's offense, one of the most one-dimensional in the league right now, averaged 5.6 yards per rush, 3.9 yards per pass. They're not going to start chucking the ball around. This Jets defense should be able to hold up enough to keep this within a score. I, I, Jets plus six is going to be my three-way here. I, I don't hate it, and and the Jets' defense is healthy this year, and they're going to be better than advertised. It's just a matter of can the offense do something. Now, I don't know if they can with Joe Flacco, but the running game looked pretty good last week. I mean, you know, Michael Carter looked like a legit number one running back. And, you know, Brees Hall only carried the ball six times, but he's going to get more and more into the flow of the offense. Plus, game script dictated it, right? When you're yeah. losing, you're not going to be able to, to to run the ball as much as you want want to run the ball. But, I mean, Michael Carter had six yards per carry. Uh, and I think that for – say what you will about Flacco, threw for 300 yards last week. Yeah. A lot, a lot of it in garbage a time. A lot of it in garbage time. He still threw for 300 yards. And, and listen, a lot of the Jets' yards came in garbage time. But they, they still counted. They still put some point, They put six points on the board in the fourth quarter. But I, this Browns team isn't going to run away from them the way that the Ravens did. No, yeah. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game where the Browns run the ball a lot, the Jets run the ball a lot, and it winds up being a one-possession game. And, McKenzie, you said something about the the Ravens. This was like their, what, their third-worst rushing game in, yes. in how long? Since 2018. So four seasons plus one game, 69 games, this was the third worst rushing output. So clearly, if the Jets have a strength, it's on defense and it's stopping the run. Yes. And if you can stop the run against Cleveland in the Jacoby Brissett era, which we've got a, you know several more weeks of, you're going to be okay. So right. Is there one team that a good run-stopping team would want to go against? Other than Cleveland without Watson right now, I, it's, it Baltimore. Like, I mean, those are the right. two teams. <laughs> yeah. The team that the team the Jets just went up against, but and they they held their they held their own against them. So uh, this and granted, Lamar Jackson can beat you with his his arm a lot more than Jacoby Brissett can at this point. So Browns ran the ball thirty nine times against the Carolina Panthers. If it's a similar game script to to what we're going to see here against the Jets, then I think they're live within a touchdown for sure. All right, we'll go now. We're going to. Well, one, one second, one second. 
boy, there, I was in the break room. There's this nice thing, and I'm thinking, oh, there's going to be sausage in there. So, where's all the meat? That little spread we got going, where's all the sausage and stuff? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I didn't know we had a spread. No, I don't know. Someone was eating it. All right. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. There's like a hunk of, there's a loaf of bread, like fresh baked Italian bread. What? And all kind of nut butters and things. I hadn't seen Were this. Were you in the right office? Yeah. <laughs> Did you go oh, next wait, door? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> all right. So now, all right. So here's the thing. Let's look at this line real quick. Because right now the market is what in this game? Like, look at Circa or whatever. Six and a half. Circa is six and a half minus 115. So it says it's kind of, in theory, it's halfway to seven. This line is six. So the question is, what Westgate doesn't just put out lines like that. It, it feels like the Jets' money is coming. My prediction is this close. From here, I'd make a major bet. If we say right now, six minus, six and a half minus 20, or minus 15 or 20? 15. Minus 15. Which is effectively 6.75. It closes below 6.75. Below, I would make a, the biggest bet of the week. So, in general, this is something we can tip people on. If you like um, the dog here and you're betting against the market, not a contest, you want to grab it, I think. I don't think it's going to seven. or if it does, I don't think it is. Westgate, I mean, last year there were situations it was like it seemed impossible. Fez said, You had I to can't. explain it to me because I was like, what, Why are they giving this line? This is bullshit. But, but Fez was even at times saying, I can't imagine this line. I think it was actually, what line? It was one of those Thursdays. I don't remember. But it's like they are shockingly, listen, they're taking big bets from the biggest bettors in the world. They are connected. They know where, where the money is going to come in most of the time. And they put out these tough lines, which makes my, or the team pregames, 57% record over four years. Yeah. Oh, even more impressive. I mean, if I do say so. All right. Anything else? That's well, it. As McKenzie uh, brings up to me, I brought up Joe Flacco throwing for over 300 yards. Zach Wilson's career high, 297. <laughs> so you say what you will about garbage time, but Flacco did throw for more yards in week one. I'm not Zach shocked Wilson one bit about this. Let's be honest, his career high is in a different arena. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, his most impressive, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. All right. What is that story exactly? Uh, one of his mom's, mom's friends. friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's good or bad? Because, like, being with old women is what? I think when you're... When you're 20 or 21, there's like a maybe a Mrs. Robinson type fantasy. Except they weren't born even when Mrs. Robinson, like the like more no like Stacy's mom. No okay, so Stifler's mom. Stifler's the, mom. Yeah. American Pie, which is probably a movie well below your radar. No, I've seen it. Okay. <laughs> now let me ask you something. Do we have a picture of the mom? No, because they, they, they haven't. Uh, no, the mom. Uh, have no, they've that. protected it. They've, they, she hasn't said she which friend 18? it was. No, no, no. But she's like, she's not throwing her friend under the bus. But she it, did a video. But if she's she's like, friends with her. You know that they they usually I, run in a good crowd. Together. But the theory, what the theory is, that she's over forty. I mean, just doing the math. Yeah. I mean, maybe not, but okay. You got you have speculation, Mackenzie. If it's anyone that speculated that I'm looking at New York Post right now, good job, Zach. Hmm. <laughs> I always find guys that are younger that like older women sus, 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 as they say these days. But older guys that like really young women, not sus? I'm not going to hate myself. <laughs> what would be the point of that? <laughs> All right. Let's get to RJ's four pick, which I find to be the biggest balls play that anybody is making this week. And what's funny is you said before we started, 
I don't want to get in front of that whirlwind. Mm-hmm. What changed? And I, what I do is I know my own first instinct limitations. That's I try to overcome them, right? So, like, I'll give you an example. I don't like going to a lot of social events because I'm usually talking to people that are dumb because most people are dumb, right? And if it's an event where I'm somehow a known person, then it's just, a, you know, if it's fan, if it's true fan, like I think you guys have seen when fans come in to watch tapings or whatever, I really am fascinated. I want to hear what they like, and I respect them to death because, I mean, they're showing us love. But if it's just, you know, I don't like it. But here's what I know. Sometimes you got to go to those events. It's good. It's good business, whatever. So my first instinct is, no, I'm not going to that. And it's like, well, you know. And then if I, all right, I'll go, right? Yeah. So my first instinct is I don't want to bet against the Bills because they looked as good as any team has looked in a long time. And if you go back to the New England playoff game, they looked amazing. In a way, they looked amazing on offense in the KC game. And they still should have won that game. And then they looked amazing against the Rams. So you're beating Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. You're beating or almost beating Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And then you're beating the world champions. And And not punting in two of those games. Yeah. And punting once or twice in the other, right? Yeah. (laughs) So that is as good as you get. But you know what else we know? The Bills have a tendency to have flat games. Now you can say, oh, they got revenge against Tennessee. But if I'm a handicapper that's contrarian at heart, who is one of the most upgraded teams this week, Buffalo? Had to be. Who's one of the most downgraded teams? Tennessee, 100%. So to some degree, when you look at the line and say, well, what was this line last Saturday? It was seven and a half. So I'm getting two and a half points of value. My first question is, how much do we upgrade Buffalo and how much do we downgrade the Rams? Meaning, I think it was more Rams negative, you know, underperformance. You know, I'm, I'm saying 65, 30. I'm not saying it was. Yeah. But would you guys agree with that? Well, my feeling going into the game, my handicap going into the game was anti-Rams more so than positive bills. Mm-hmm. And after the game, I felt validated not so much about, wow, look how good Buffalo was. I felt like, yeah, all of my anti-Ram sentiment was proven true. And I also think, let's not lose sight of something. If we go to the actual results in the game, I mean, there's different ways you can look at it. Like Kevin Cole had Tennessee winning by two and hit, you know, 21-19 with his. Um, you know, the different ways of looking at it, uh, if you look at YPP, they lost by a little bit, lost by a little bit by yards. So, I mean, it was if we look at fourth quarter win share, which we haven't been talking about as much, and maybe that's more important here, Tennessee had a 74% chance to win that game. It's very rare, very rare that a team loses. Mackenzie, where does that fit in the spectrum of, like, the un- unlikely losses? It's like one out of 100 games. Well, it makes sense. They were they were winning by one point when the Giants attempted the two-point conversion, mm-hmm. and they kicked a potential game-winning field goal. Not to mention the Giants had to score the touchdown to get to the two-point yeah. conversion. So at a point when the Giants were driving with Daniel Jones, <laughs> a lot of things had to go right. Yes. And my point is if Tennessee wins that game, it's a close call. Everyone's sighing. Really, it feels like that, that unusual ending has skewed things. 
And this is like, I can't be, call myself a wise guy if I don't take buy, the super buy low team and fade the super buy high team, especially when you have to have five picks a week. It, yeah, it's certainly a, buy low, uh, a sell high, buy low spot. I like it. I also look at the way the Bills have played this Tennessee or this Tennessee team lately, and it sure feels like. And they've played four years in a row, which is odd for non-division opponents to play four consecutive years. But we've talked about how Buffalo is almost they welcome you to run the football. I don't know if that works when you play against Tennessee. And, and last year, giving up seven yards a carry to Derrick Henry, it, it didn't work. So unless the Bills decide we're going to make a fundamental change on how we defend this team, I could, at a minimum, see the Titans hanging in this game late. Yeah. And who knows? listen, the scary part about this is this could be a 30-point loss easy, and you're going to look foolish. But I'm used to it. I'm willing to look foolish. <laughs> Don't you have a trend if you lose by double digits in week one? If you lose by double digits in week one, we, we'll, we'll keep bringing this thing up. Mm -hmm. uh, teams that lose by double digits in week one, 34, 21, and 1. I don't ATS. think I've heard that this time. Yeah, 61%. Those know, are the, that's the breakdown. Have you said the that? Yeah. The Titans the didn't lose by double digits this time. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I was thinking, I felt like they did. Okay, good <laughs> point. Sorry about that. Um, let's edit that because there's no reason. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, why did I have that in my head? Okay, I guess it was just bad loss, bad loss. Okay, three, two, one. Okay, so if you did a forced pick here, what would you do? Titans plus 10. All right. But I'm with you. I could also see this being a 30-point loss, and that, that part just— But you know just... what? You're, it's not index batting. You just lose one bat. That's true. All right, next game. All right, so what we got—who hasn't done their four? We uh, Everybody's done their four. So, all right, so we're on three now. Mm -hmm. Let's go with Scott. I haven't heard from Scott very much. The Giants are my— Bring, oh. in, the Bring in fake Fezzik. Oh, no. <laughs> here we go. Right. Day balls of steel. So, uh, <laughs> so let's be clear. Fazek has Carolina. Yeah. As his three. Go ahead. Yes. Um, and Carolina does fall into trends. So you don't want me to, to – I will acknowledge that, oh. that the Panthers do fall into trends of, you know, the losses and, and, and bouncing back in, in week two, things like that. Okay. And let's talk motivation. Yes. Uh, to me, look, I'm not sure here. Part of me thinks they're flat. Because you could say, well, they lost. They got to redeem themselves. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've lost their will to live, you know. Because I mean, that was a. You know, I don't know. I don't know how invested they were in that game. We know Baker, Yo, Baker was. was invested. I mean, do we look at Baker? On you know, listen. I said go over everything, including interceptions. That was an easy one because <laughs> he was going to try to force the ball in there. Does he do the same thing to redeem himself? I think so. I would say I'd make a little impromptu prop best bet over a half interception right now. But go ahead. Well, we love that. Um, I look at the way that that game played out last week for Carolina. Cleveland ran the ball 39 times. That's a lot of pounding on the Panthers' defensive front. What are the Giants going to do? They're going to run the ball with Saquon Barkley, who, by the way, is healthy and looked great. In week one. I agree. 164 yards on 18 carries. As a team, the Giants averaged 7.4 yards per carry. Ooh. The Panthers gave up 217 rushing yards last week to the Cleveland Browns. 5.6 per carry. Carolina, 0-8 ATS in their last eight games under their head coach, Matt Rule. The Giants, with Brian Dable making that decision to go for it, they you, you could argue it's a possible letdown. 
But I think it's the opposite. I think this team is bought into this new culture. The way that they were dancing in the locker room is they have a confidence and a swag now that they have not had in years. Well, you, and, you can't be confident when you're 3-12. and 12. Uh, Of course. <laughs> but I think this is a new Giants team. And at home, home opener in front of this crowd that is actually going to be excited for a change, I think the Giants pound the ball on Cleveland and, and, and win this game. I actually heard a, rumor, I, had a, I heard a rumor that when Joe Judge was the coach, there was a, a, a trash can at the door and you had to throw your confidence in it before you went onto the field. That was <laughs> All right, so here's my concern. The line when, on Saturday for this look-ahead game was pick them. Now Giants are laying two and a half and more, 2.6 we'll call it. It's two two flat cross two, two and yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's been a move then. So mm-hmm. there's been uh, Carolina, but there's been Carolina money because as of Tuesday. But why don't we have the Wednesday line here? Huh. All right. But um, two for the contest. Okay. In the markets too. Markets too flat. All right. So still though, a move from Pickham to two mm-hmm. significant. Um, I find the the rushing an interesting thing because there are teams. There are players that are so much better when they're healthy. And this is kind of the Kyler Murray thing to some degree. Some players, when they get hurt, it throws their game way off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Ben, he was hurt. Didn't he, you didn't even know it. I mean, he would cry. I mean, he'd get up real slow. Yeah. But, I mean, he'd cry about it after the game. But he was as tough as nail. I mean, he was the toughest quarterback I've ever seen. Like, the hits he'd take and be right there. It didn't affect his game. There's certain quarterbacks it does. Mm-hmm. Um Saquon, it feels like he gets affected by injury. I mean, obviously, last year was a, you know, he got injured two years ago, right? Yeah. And he had a whole season that he was, you know, a two year injury. Yep. Let's, what's the odds he's not injured come December? I don't know, but I know he's not now. So there's certain teams that are fragile that you better get him. Like, look at, in a way, Carolina with McCaffrey. I was going to say, I think it's funny you bring that up because if Saquon Barkley's line last week was 10 carries for 33 yards, You'd say, oh, he's still not right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was McCaffrey's exactly. line. Still not right. How about his receptions? He's missed 23 out of 33 games. Mm-hmm. Let me pull up his receptions. McCaffrey had four for 24. Okay. So that's not a bad number. It's not great output. 57 total yards from McCaffrey. Yeah. So in general, though, who are the teams? Now, I'll give you an example. Usually thin teams. It's not just one player, but who's thin? The Rams, in theory, are thin. Right, couple. Of, oh, by the way, you guys forget Adams is out for Seattle. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't. I know he hasn't played great, but man, that that has to be demoralizing in general just because of the trade. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. The more I think about it, the less I like that Seattle pick. I mean, it's really just contingent on hating Trey Lance. Yeah. Well, it's also contingent on giving nine and a half points yeah. with Trey Lance. Yeah, but let's not lose sight that was a monsoon. So I'm not listen. Both quarterbacks had to play in it, but maybe he's not. Listen, we don't know what he is because oh, he's already played a game. No, I agree, and I'm not. I don't think Trey. The first half of Trey Lance in that game, I thought was actually pretty good. Uh, oh. But it still, it wasn't. How can you hit like 45 percent of your passes and be pretty good? It wasn't good enough that I was like, oh yeah, I can't wait to lay near double digits with him next week. I wonder is Trey Lance the worst quarterback to ever lay double digits? Ooh. Think about it. It's... Because when, when even with the best teams, think about this. Let's say it's Troy Aikman in Dallas in the night, whatever. Yeah. There's never, unless it's the rarest of rare cases, which was Joe Montana and Steve Young, the backup is usually 
you know, like think about the uh, think about the Patriots when Brady was out for that year with his knee, right? Is what was their biggest spread? Well, well, Castle didn't play bad at that point. No, but but the catch twenty two here. The point I'm trying to make is that in general, backups are like seven, eight points worse than that elite quarterback. They never have a great backup because in theory, it's like they got a great quarterback. So they don't, you know, like they can't spend the money on a bat. It's rare. Usually it's when you have a bad quarterback, you have a good backup, right? Because yeah. you need him maybe to replace. Okay. So Rex, first of all, Rex Grossman made a Super Bowl. Do you know how much better Mackenzie Rex Grossman is than Trey Lance? Trey Lance might pass him. I'm just, just giving context <laughs> for the current uh, worst Rex is quarterback. quarterback. I mean... But let's think about this. Is Trey Lance better than a backup right now? Meaning, is he better than Teddy Bridgewater? We don't know. So I would well, say we know he's not. Right. Or at least what we've seen. But we, we don't se- know that he is, for sure. Yeah, but you might say you don't know I can fly. I mean, it's like, what have we seen? Yeah. Right? We haven't. I can't fly, by the way. And Trey Lance has shown us not, that he's no better than a backup. Mm-hmm. And he was a backup. Right. To a quarterback that had an, a fantastic win-loss record. I know. And, what I'm, and the point I'm making is it seems crazy just because he's designated the starter. We're going to act like, like – what would the line be if, 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 in this game with the San Fran game if it was Jimmy G? Because I don't think yeah. it would change at all. I, don't I feel it like it would be dub- maybe 10, but it, yeah. But I, I tell you what, I would feel confident on the 49ers. That's what I'm saying. Coming off the loss now with Jimmy – with that team as, as we know with Jimmy G <laughs> – how do we rewind at this game? How many, I know. I don't know how we got this. How many, about the Giants and Panthers. How many backups are better than Trey Lance? I mean, we know Teddy Bridgewater. We know, um, uh, you know, whoever you say, well, I guess we know who's starting. Trubisky's starting for the Steelers. Yeah. So, um, pick, what's his name? Pickett? Kenny Pickett. Pickett. Yeah, Pickett's clearly better. <laughs> what? You've never seen him play. No, we saw his preseason results. That's that's all you need. Have you ever seen Trey Lance complete that many <laughs> passes? Uh, I, I mean, have you? What did he did it at North Dakota State? Who's better, Trey Lance or Sam Darnold? Oh, clearly Trey Lance. Okay, I mean Joe Flacco. Oh, Joe Flacco is so much better than Trey Lance. I mean, you don't doubt that, do you? I don't doubt it at all. Yeah, I, listen, he might Tyrod Taylor. Oh God, yes. Nick Foles. No. Gardner Minshew? Oh, go- listen. Gardner Minshew's about three points better. Taylor Heineke. Oh, yeah. He he almost won a playoff game. Case Keenum. Let me ask you this. What is Trey Lance? Yes. What is Trey Lance's best game? The, the last, the, when he got stopped at the goal line last year, was that against Green Bay, I think? Or was that? No. No, no, no. The, the, they uh, won a game against, like, a Texans. Whore, the Texans. Texans, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and he, I Hubbard. think. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what, 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 was, what was his stat line in that Texans game? It, I'm guessing right now it's going to be like 13 for of 26. But you know what will be telling? 24. What will be telling is what was the line in that game? Do you remember, McKenzie? Because that Texans team was, right was pretty heavily disliked, so it would be similar. Like we're saying, when was a, a quarterback yeah. like him? They were 13.5-point home favorites, one by 16. Lance, good percentage, 16 for 23, 252 TDs. Wait, 16 for 23, that's actually a bad percentage for, like, that's a below average game for, like, a really good quarterback with the, just the completions. Uh, Look at Elijah Mitchell in that He game. still had another interception. Has he ever had a game he didn't have an interception? He turns it over every game. 
And you know what's funny, and I've said this before, he took like 27 hits. Like if you count uh, hits or sacks. And tackles when he tackles runs. Tackles when ball. he runs and scrambles, you know, different, you know, there's both design run. It's like he's taking hits like a running, like like literally like a running back doesn't take. How long is that going to last? Uh, what a pick. I bet I bet Kyle's just mother effing whoever forced that. I mean, he didn't force, he's the one that decided. But I, I, you know, I believe Adam Schefter and what he said, that Kyle wanted Mac Jones. You stand by the reporting, yeah. Adam Schefter. All right. So we done with that. What was the other game? We were on the Giants, on the Panthers. Giants, talking about how I like the Giants against the Panthers. I don't even know what to think here. Because on one hand, I think Carolina, it might. Remember, the jobs are on the line there. Yes. I don't think the team was as. I don't think the team was invested in Baker as much as I thought maybe they would be. Thus, I don't think the loss hurts the rest of the team. I think it hurts Baker. So I like Baker with some, like, over interceptions. That's what I would do. Every week? <laughs> no, just this week. It's going to be him. Resp- he wants to redeem himself. He's going to try to. He's going to press. Yeah, pr- that's a good way to say it. Mackenzie, can you, uh, we'll move on. Can you look at what the uh, over or what the um, lay price is on over interceptions? No, no. I, th- I think it was about break even last week. Your three weight game: the Bengals and the Cowboys. Yep, got like minus one twenty five. By the way, for the picks. okay, okay. Is it over a half? Yes. I don't. I don't mind that at all. Well, you like to lay it. <laughs> I hate laying it. All right, I'm going with the Bengals here, and the rationale is now. Here's I will say because I don't hide the truth. I will say that my concern is, and AJ was at the forefront of this. But listen, Burrow missed time. Now, is he physically 100% after having his appendix out? I don't say appendectomy. I just say he's got his appendix out. All right. I don't know. I know that when they cut into you like that, uh, some people react differently. Now, number two, maybe he's 100%, but what about the, the cohesion of the team, the timing, new offensive line in many, you know, many of the players? I I know the offensive line didn't look so good. I know Steelers are the Steelers, and they put pressure on. But, man, uh, what was there, seven sacks in that game? And that was Pittsburgh against Cincy. So I'm concerned, but I think this, if he's physically limited, he's better because it's been another week. Now, is he 100%? I don't know, but okay. Number two, if cohesion's an issue, they have had another week. So I think it's moving in the right direction. I know the motivation is going to be there. Now on the other side, and remember, since he should have won that game, by all accounts, they should have won the game. So they're downgraded over not winning. Or at minimum, maybe the line's the same, but they're so much more motivated than if they had won. So you're gaining either value or motivation. Dallas, it's the opposite, which is they are demoralized. The, the chance of them making the playoffs is what now? I mean, they're they're now fourth favorite to win the NFC East. Yeah, I've seen different numbers, but they're right there, yeah. right, with the Giants. Mm-hmm. So, and they have a bad backup quarterback, Cooper. Right now, listen, you can say, oh, he played well in one. In general, he's the bottom. I mean, I think Trey Lance is better than him. <laughs> I do. That's a statement. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll say so who's tra- better, Cooper Rush or Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold's the worst quarter. I, there's, there's, I'd say there's high school quarterback. I think uh, Arch Manning is better. Okay. Than In fact, I probably think that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'd rather him start. All right. So to me, Dallas, now, here's how you know that they're scared and they're overreacting and panicking. They're not putting them on the IR. 
Yeah, Jerry Jones says he thinks he's going to be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it just magically he's going to come back. And then if he does, it's not, it's not like it's not going to be like Russell Wilson. Right. You know, where he's going to, I mean, and, and that O-line, is it going to get any better? Because with a bad hand? No. And I think speaking of O-line, the Bengals, like you said, gave up seven sacks. I figured they'd be bottom five PFF pass blocking after one week, 18th. So there was something on film about the Bengals that said they're not as bad as they looked in that game. And a lot of it is Pittsburgh. Good, but yeah. And right now, Dallas to make the playoffs is yes is about two to one. So that's actually a little better than I thought. That's better than I would have thought. Yeah. But either way, I think that Dallas, what's the theory? They're just going to be fighting and fighting hard? I don't know. And the line has adjusted about eight points off of Dak, which shows you what Cooper Rush is. And by the way... When Dak was playing, and he played most of the game, mm-hmm. lowest PFF grade of any quarterback last yeah, week. Yeah, they didn't look good. So it's like it, even Dak couldn't make him. I'm not sure. I tell you this, if Dallas was laying points like they were in the look ahead with Dak, I would have loved since, I would like that even more. Mm. But also remember, when you're at home and you got fans that aren't really understanding all off Philadelphia or whatever, you start losing a game like this, they can turn on you. Or minimum, you're gonna. There's gonna be a sense of pressure on Dallas. If they fall behind ten nothing, the chance of them coming back feels like a lot less than in a normal situation. Let me ask you, what is this spread if Dak doesn't get hurt, but the game ends the same way? Because you just mentioned it. The offense was terrible. Dallas looked terrible. They lose the game by the same score. And remember, Tampa did horrible in the red yeah. zone. They, they, yeah, all those field goals they settled for. <laughs> At one point, people were talking about the no-touchdown bet. Like, could it actually happen? But if the game ended the same way, but Dak is playing this week, what's the spread? By the way, uh, Cole said 16-point win by Tampa is what it should have been. So, um, I, I, think Dallas g- I think Dallas gets downgraded. Let's think about this. I think Dallas gets downgraded by a point and a half. Okay, so the line was what two and a half? Let me That's see. right. It was Dallas minus two and a half. Okay, so I think it goes to one, but I think since he now here's the thing, I think since he gets downgraded a little, but actually since they won the stats, maybe not, and then you add the motivate. So I think it would be Dallas one or pick. I mean, we're talking about one tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that sound right? Yeah, I was gonna say pick them. Yeah, so I would like that a lot better, especially with I would want Cincy to have lost. Yes, but I also think that. Remember, the thing about having a big favorite like this, and it's you know it's a touchdown, is if they fall behind and you got Cooper Rush having to throw, that can be a disaster. Mm-hmm. And since he is really good with their defensive scheming, their DC is a great adjuster. So I'm going with Cincy as my three star, and that's off of a deceiving result against Pittsburgh. And you can see now, I bet both sides of that game. Cincy and Faye Pittsburgh, because I think it was deceiving, though the line didn't adjust as much as you would hope for that deception. Next pick. Uh, that is everybody except my two weight, oh, the more, Atlanta Falcons. More AJ, more I got AJ. left off the I got left off the group text here. I right, got 
Yeah, I love this. Um, I think that we have to downgrade the Rams. So who's on? I'm sorry, who's on this game? Me, you, and Fez. All of us. And where are you at? I, I didn't get there. That's what I'm saying. I wasn't on the group text. So I, this is a triple like. Uh, yeah. This is a go triple ahead, baby, like. Go for it. Uh, I think you have to downgrade the Rams. I mean, we just talked about it. Um, everything that I thought negatively about the Rams was validated on that Thursday night and, game. And what is that? I think the Matthew Stafford elbow injury and not playing in the preseason uh, is definitely was definitely a factor. As the timing looked off, he clearly did not have trust in his second wide receiver option in Allen Robinson, as indicated Which by— Which was a—I dis- mean, if you look at the over-under and yards, that he really disaster. I mean, I played one of my plays, <laughs> and it was a disaster. But if you watch the All-22 of the game, Robinson's <laughs> open, <laughs> and Stafford never looked at him. So did you watch the All-22? Yeah. Damn. And Stafford never looks at him. Maybe show AJ how to do that. I, I did. I have. I, I said <laughs> anything. Stafford never looked at him. It, it, it's it's unbelievable. It's, it's you can watch All-22 now and shut me up. Yeah. We'll see if you do it. So I, I do think that there's a little bit of a downgrade with the Rams. I don't but, but think... Let me ask you this, because you're, you're conflating stuff to me. Mm-hmm. You're saying you think Stafford's limited physically. Yep. And you think that his lack of practice time has the cohesion, uh, un, you know, they're not properly in sync. Mm-hmm. Just like I said with Cincy, they're more properly in sync now than they were last sure, week. Sure, but uh, he still has tunnel vision when it comes to Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. and Well, he won a Super Bowl off it, right? Yeah, pr- pretty much. Although, no, OBJ did score the first but, touchdown but of the, the game. La- but what I'm saying is that those last couple drives, yeah, he was zero then. Yeah. I, the Falcons, we have to upgrade them. Uh-huh. They I, look good. Against the Saints. Marcus Mariota, and this is something that I wish I would have thought about before because the Saints were one of the picks that we did in the contest, and and, and it was embarrassing. But, <laughs> but Marcus Mariota's mobility gives this Falcons team a completely different uh, perspective on offense. Arthur Smith can run the play action with Cordero Patterson being unlocked. I mean, he had a great game last week. He had a great season last year. What, 500 rushing yards, 600 receiving yards? One of the first few players to do that. Um, I look at the way that Josh Allen performed against the Rams last week. This is a big handicap for me. Josh Allen rushed for 56 yards and a touchdown against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota can have similar success running the football. And when the pressure comes up the middle. I disagree with that. From the D-line, Mariota can escape the pocket and gain positive yardage. I'm not saying he's going to rush for 100 yards. But he can turn a negative play into a positive play. I think you have to upgrade him because of his legs. And this would be something that maybe isn't sustainable, but it's fine for this week. Yes, and catching 10.5 is, I think, very, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Appetizing. Yeah. yeah. Yum, yum. Exactly. All right. So you disagree with what? I disagree with Marcus Mariota could have the same success running the ball that Josh Allen. A lot of Josh Allen's success running the ball comes from the threat of him throwing the ball over everyone's head. Marcus Mariota doesn't have that threat. So hold on a second. Is you're saying because Josh Allen can throw the ball, you don't, I mean, the difference between you got to guard the guy or you don't. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's not like they don't think Mariota can get the ball 40 yards downfield. 
So maybe they're not doubling as many. What I'm saying is the threat of the Bills offense down the field where, where you've got sh- safeties who are you know playing basically like cornerbacks when you play the Bills. These safeties have to drop back into coverage. Are you, are you, when did you get the All-22? How do you even see that on regular TV? I, I, do you not see that on TV? I, no, I don't I don't ever see the whole field on the TV. How do you I don't ever see the, the whole field either, but I see plays when when the ball goes down the field and there's safeties running in coverage, I can see that. Yeah, but I mean, I guess when you're saying like cornerback I, when aren't safeties in coverage? When they think there's a possibility of a run. But then, and then, but when it's a pass, what do they do? They go into coverage, right? Right, but they they're not way down the field. I'm talking about covering the intermediate part of the field. Mm. So I think Josh Allen runs the ball. Fact, and remember, you know, I had a best bet on over for the season. Good His, start. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> is, um, I think it's his pure physical, you know, freakishness. He is a physical freak, and that he's so big. Yeah. And he's fast yep. and he can take hits and he's got some juke and he's he runs with intention. He's not scared. Now that might cause him trouble ultimately. Cam wasn't scared either. But he's running like he's like he's gonna run over the cornerback, you know, if they're smaller, which are all smaller. They're all smaller. Most of the yeah. linebackers are smaller. Some of the DNs are smaller. <laughs> and I was listening to a podcast with a GM, a former GM, and he said that he was there for the meet and greet. With uh, Josh Allen, uh, I don't know if it was that team's workout or what. He goes, there's like eight, ten people sitting around before, and he walks in the room. He said, you look, and these are guys that's been in the NFL the whole life, you know, and he said, you look over and you're shocked at how big he is. <laughs> like, he's like 6'5". He's not 6'4". He's 6'5". Yeah. You know, and so I think to me, Mariota isn't that. But if the theory is if the threat of the run and the yep. fact he can do the he can run effectively, not world class, but effectively mm-hmm. gives a new facet, a new component to Atlanta's offense. Yes, and I think the 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 read option, uh, rolling out on play actions, all of this stuff is is going to be used to their advantage. Atlanta's the people who I trust on scheme were just gushing over what Atlanta did. With our new receiver and Drake London, yeah, yeah, and let's be honest, the Saints are supposed to be now. You either have to, re- and we're going to go to Tampa, New Orleans next, and just go through the games we haven't picked a little high level. You either got to downgrade the Saints significantly, their defense, or you got to upgrade Atlanta's offense significantly. I think that it's it's probably two thirds Atlanta's offense getting upgraded. And that's a, you just got to reevaluate them because of that. I think Atlanta, and now does that mean this is a good bet? Look at this play. Look at this play oh, by you, Marcus Mariota. Ser- searching through the NFL.com to find like a. a I, I, I just want, I mean, this is not this a, is great, great, a, a bad this is radio. Great radio but, right. uh, for you to look at that. Uh-huh. This is not a, look at this. Is this a bottom tier NFL quarterback making this play action? Ooh, fake? That's a wrong, the wrong play. Oh, they don't okay. get to the next play. <laughs> The bottom line is uh, he rolled out and made an incredible throw to Drake London on the sidelines, and it's like that's not a yeah. that's not a bottom tier quarterback. I mean, remember Mariota played for Tennessee, and he was a number two draft choice, and he wasn't good, right? But then he went to the Raiders, and remember that what was the Thursday game he got in and looked pretty damn yeah. good, and they paid big money for him. So what I'm saying is he's probably you know he's better than Trey Lance. I mean, come on. Uh, he's probably like the 26th best quarterback in the league. Okay, but maybe he's a little better than we thought. I agree with that. You said San Francisco might be one of the team's most desperate 
for a bounce back here? Where do the Rams fall in that ranking? I think mm. they're right up there. Yeah. But I but I think that's built in. Okay. I mean, uh, and here's the catch-22. The Rams aren't as good with rest because the Rams are really good on a short week. Like, they do really well on Thursday. And here's the reason. McVay's offense is fairly simple. So in the, the game planning, the nuance of it is modest. So you give them extra time, what do they do with it? They don't got much to do with it. Whereas other teams really struggle on short weeks, the more complex ones. So I don't think this is a great spot. I think the Rams are stewing in this. But you know what? They just won a Super Bowl. They know what it takes to win. They probably realize, first of all, they had a problem on the, I mean, Whitworth, we thought they were just going to replace him. That was a problem. Mm, yeah. You know? So if they, they can't run, the, and the running backs look decrepit. They didn't even let, I mean, Cam Akers was a, a ghost. Uh, yeah. He didn't exist. Yeah. I mean, so I know it's supposed to be easy to get running backs now, but I don't know. San Fran doesn't have any, and the Rams don't have any. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, how far did the NFC West fall? Just last year, if you were to look, let's say, at point, um, let's say it varied points during the year. So three quarters of the way through the year, Arizona looked like a top five or yep. six team, right? Yep. San Francisco ended up making the NFC Championship game, right? Rams win the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And Seahawks were like probably the the best last place team. Yeah, yeah. and if if Russ doesn't get hurt, yeah, you know they make the you know borderline playoffs probably. Okay, because remember it was three games plus it was he had three games after that he was really yeah. limited, so it was like six. Games. Okay, is now you got San Fran? Who knows how good? I mean they're going to be eight eight you know five hundred at worst, but they're not going to be a disaster because they got too good of a roster. But if Trey Lance plays like he did last week, they're not making the playoffs. Arizona might be a bottom five or seven team. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's think here. Rams, who knows? Right? I mean, and Seattle is certainly a bottom five or seven team. So, boy, that's one year. I'll change yeah. fast, doesn't it? Goes it? from the best division in football to an eh division. Now, thank you, McKenzie, because I was thinking, I haven't ever checked this, but I knew it was supposed to be true, like conceptually. Rams with seven-plus days rest have covered only two of seven. And that's since the 2019 season. Again, like we're, we're not we're not calling for a no, Falcons no, no. upset win here. No, but what I'm saying is, and a half is just is a this whole idea that the Rams are stewing yeah. and all that. I'm saying this isn't their great, you know, yeah. their great spot. All right, and yeah, I like it. Okay, because you know why? Because everyone and their brothers saying, "No, Rams can't lose yeah, another." Exactly. Blah, 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 blah. And people still have this negative idea of the Falcons. Well, I think there still might be reason for that because we saw one good game. I mean, yeah. I mean, where do you? I mean, how much can you? Here's the thing: you can't upgrade a team more. Week one. Here's the the paradox: Week one, you can make the biggest changes of any week because you're going from zero data points to mm -hmm. one, but they can't be too big. My. I don't. It's not an overreaction. Well, no but, one thinks what they do is an overreaction. Yeah, but there were people prior to the season giving out bets about Atlanta being the lowest scoring team in the NFL, about Atlanta having the worst record, uh, then with the Bears. And I just watched watching that game. I don't think that they are a three-win football team. All right. Here's the list of teams that gave up more yards per play than Atlanta last week. Gave up more, so we're talking defense now. Yeah, the defense. Uh -huh. And th this is one. Oh, so this is you trying to shit on our pick? I'm not shitting on the pick. I'm, I'm, go ahead. You, you but just, I'm guessing this is anti. Yeah, you just said okay, that, You just said that you still think there's reason for concern. I was given a reason for concern. Yeah, I'm just saying. 
It's interesting. The Rams. The street people in the pick, and you're just sitting here naysaying. You know what? I love this pick. Go, I never, no, I might, no, 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 no. There's nothing ahead. there. Go ahead. Rams and Cardinals. That's the only teams that gave up more yards per play than the, than the Falcons last Good week. Good thing the Rams are on that list. That's a yeah, big one. So that means so that means that Atlanta's better than the Rams. Maybe so. Or oh, but they played the great Buffalo Bills. The Cardinals played the pretty good Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, so let's look at how good Arizona, or check that, how good the Atlanta was supposed to be entering the year. So they're uh, adjusted for strength of schedule, 4.7 wins. The only teams worse would be 4.5 for Houston, and this is adjusted, and that's it. So, wow, is there any even anyone at 5? Five? 5-6 five, with Seattle. Holy camoly. 5-7 with Chicago. So the theory was Atlanta was one full game better than Chicago. One full game worse. No. Oh. Atlanta was 4.7 wins, and Chicago was 5.7 wins. Yeah, so Atlanta was one game Atlanta worse. One game worse. One game worse, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. Yeah, they were – Atlanta is – well, I guess – I'm sorry. I misspoke. What I meant was – I'm thinking Atlanta was perceived to be bad. That's they were a game, not better, but a game different than Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Worse. Yeah. Yes. So um, sorry about that. The, I, boy, that, I mean, I get it because they thought the O-line was going to be horrible, and maybe it is. My question is this. How much do you, I mean, think about it on a points basis, right? If, and it's hard because there's always two teams here, so we're always thinking on one hand, well, what's the adjustment for the Rams? On the other hand, what's the adjustment for mm-hmm. Atlanta? How much do you – let's just say this. Every point you adjust someone upwards is about a half a win on the season. So if you think Atlanta is going to win one more game, you would give them a two-point adjustment. Yeah. That would be about 34 points, which is about a win mm-hmm. in a season. So what kind of adjustment would you give for Atlanta? Honestly, maybe two and a half points. All right, so that's the catch-22. You're probably entering a region that is not tenable after two. But, boy, considering how low Atlanta was on the totem pole, it feels like a big adjustment's warranted. Mm-hmm. But it could be one game, too, you know? I don't know. All right, so we everyone but AJ had that one. Let's go to Tampa Bay. And everyone knows about the Saints, four out of five from Brady straight up. And people forget sometimes. Remember, the Saints were up 10 in that playoff game, and their tight end had that ball, got stripped like on the 30. If he would have went down, we don't know what the uh, expected win percentage was because he didn't finish the play with the ball. Boy, that was the third quarter too. You got to figure that boy, even if, if Saints get a field goal there, they got to be 70% to win the game, right? I think seventy percent is probably that might be even. Can you can you look, Mackenzie, before on that before that play? Yes. It'll take a minute. All right, go ahead, guys. Give me your thoughts on it. Yeah. I, oh, the, by the way, line's two and a half. The Saints ran for nearly eight yards a carry against Atlanta. That seems impossible against the Bucks. Are you still Bucks. shitting on Atlanta? No. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> uh, and then add in the fact that shitty Atlanta sacked Jameis Winston four times. How's that going to look against the Bucks for? I just think this could be a really long day for the for the Saints. My concern is... Yeah, but wasn't that the case when they won 9-0 last yes. year? Yes, yeah. I mean, at some point, it, I, the only thing that worries me here is it feels like it's built in. 
Maybe so. The, what I'm saying is it feels like the Saints and how they match up well is built in, so I don't think there's value there. The Saints' pass rush was 30th in PFF after week one, and like everyone said, if you can't get pressure on Brady, how do you beat Brady? You, you really can't. My my concern is, though— So is that what you think? You think the Saints are one of the worst defenses in the league? I think they're one of the worst pass rushes. Really? Yeah. Then how could they have an elite defense? Or do you think they don't have well, an elite? Defense? I think they've got a really good defense, well, I I, but I think be, the strength of their team is the secondary really good versus elite. I don't think you can be really good and have a weak. If half half of it's rushing the pass or half is defending, you can't be bad at half and be really good. You just it just okay. doesn't work. So what what is it? Oh, I think their secondary is certainly is the, the strength of what their is team. PF, that's not the question. You're not I answered the question. Okay. The question is what is the difference between the secondary? And the rush, but let's do this instead of our your eye test. Seems I was just giving you what PFF said. All right, so what does it say? PFF said they had the, they graded thirtieth in pass rush after they graded the first in week. one game. Yeah, all right. It's not like it's not like that's the true level of them. It was how they played that game. That's right? all I was saying. Okay, but you just said you thought that that was about appropriate to how bad the pass rush is. No, like I, generally. Okay. That's not what I'm. All right, so how to good say. is the pass rush for the Saints? I think the pass rush is uh, below average pass rush. All right. So let's ask ourselves in the preseason before the one game. Let's look at you know PFF or wherever. What was the the pass rush? I'll look at what, what they what they graded. Let's them. not change too much over one okay, game. Okay, you're right. Right. Um, I, as you're doing that, what I'm going to do is figure out. And Mackenzie, you can help me with this one. Take a break on what else you were doing. Um, oh, okay. Uh, Win percentage after Mariota's fumble. Falcons went from 92 to 88 percent. Third quarter fumble. No, what are you talking? Is that the fumble you thought I was talking about? Yes. God, what, what are you? Are you watching like a soap opera on another channel or something? No. Is I said in the uh, New Orleans Tampa Bay game two pre uh, post seasons ago. Gotcha. Yeah, the fumble and the yeah changed the history of what the, the NFL, hell, yes. Mariota? I didn't even know he fumbled. <laughs> Who was talking? Were you talking? No one mentioned that, did he? Is anybody on this game? As a, no, but it's a big game. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to know if anybody had a, had a no, thing No, I don't think so. Okay, so AJ. Well, let me do this first. So we've got the um, – so here's what we did. We looked at the win total before, and then we convert that to points and convert it to, like, the relative points between the teams. So the win total said that um, Tampa was five and a half points better. Than the Saints. Now, what would happen last week? I think you give Tampa a, ha a half point upgrade, I think. And then I think you give the Saints a half point downgrade. Right? So I think we're probably moving to six and a half. Does that sound right? That sounds right. About a point adjustment yeah. off of the first game. All right. So now, Saints have a good home field. Division rivalry. You, which actually lowers it a little bit. So let's call it two and a half. Because home field in general lessens for division games. Okay. Because what happens is they're just familiar, familiar with the yeah. venue. Yep. So let's call it two and a half. And now we're going to say, okay, two and a half to get to pick them. Two and a half to get to two and a half. So now you're at five points. And we got another point and a half here. So now we're going through three. I mean, this is like three minus twenty is what it says it should be for t uh, for Tampa, and the fact it's two and a half. Remember, it was three. Mm -hmm. Shows you this is the Saints built in. People think the Saints play well against the Bucks, which they do, 
but it's telling us it's built in. Yeah. Right? My first thought was it wasn't, but then we have to adjust for week one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, right? No, that's smart. Does any, is there any part of this that doesn't sound right? No, it makes sense. Yeah. So the beauty, it's, it's like anything else. And until something breaks through the consciousness, you can bet things like Saints beat Tom Brady. And if no one knows it or bets it, it doesn't matter. The market doesn't have it priced. But once it gets priced in here. It's who, useless at that point. Is there any? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair to say. Is there? Well, you got to know it to know that that's why the line's off. Because yeah. otherwise, you might think there's great value on Tampa, right? Yeah. And and if you don't believe in it, then you like Tampa here because the line is certainly being adjusted for. Yeah. This is making me like Tampa. Because you don't believe in it. No, because I think that Tampa laying the two and a half is. No, but what I'm saying, if you don't believe in the Saints winning four out of five. That tells you something. I just believe in, in – I'm just looking at the numbers here. Yeah, just yeah. Just off of downgrading a little bit and upgrading a little bit and then what it but should do, be. But do you make an adjustment for the Saints' history against Tampa? Not without Sean Payton. All right. That, see, that's the interesting part. By the way, in that playoff game when Tampa ended up winning the Super Bowl, it was the third quarter fumble uh, from Jay Cook. And before the play, the Saints were an 83% chance to win. <laughs> And now, and they, even after the play, they were a 72% chance to win. And it was, only, it was a seven point, it was 20 to 13 at that point. Wow. Wow. Imagine how much Tom Brady would hate the Saints if he was 0 for 5 and didn't win that yeah. Super Bowl. Instead, he's sending Jared Cook edible arrangements. Thanks, buddy. Is that right? <laughs> no. I'm, just, I'm making a joke. Like he All says, right. thank you for, uh, for winning us that game. Who's yeah. Jared Cook? The, That's the, the Saints tight end. Oh, his name's Jared? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about that. Why would, <laughs> think about it. How sad would your life be if you knew Jared Cook? Like, what I'm saying is like, like it's like, I, he's 6'3". He went to oh, like, I don't Michigan know him like State. That. But what I'm saying is, if it's a virtue to know his first name's Jared, it would be a virtue to know his hometown? I... I mean, I guess I, su I suppose it would be a virtue. It would. And you know what? I'm not that virtuous. <laughs> it's funny, though, because there's so many things if you are a grinder that it's like kind of sick that you would even care. Like, people pride themselves. It's, it's funny. On the things I pride myself on, I, like, I will not go to a family reunion or something if I have something to do. You know, I'm a fanatic. But it's like, in the end, what does it mean? Mm. You know, so it's like we, we try to get a sense of math. I think it's about us feeling in control. If we're good at something, we're in control. Yeah. Right. And I think that comforts us because let's be honest, the world is very random. What's funny is I know where Jared Cook played college ball. I have no idea what team he's on now currently in the NFL. He's a free agent. He's not in the NFL. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Free agent, you mean he's, he's, like he's, he's not in the league? He's out of the league? Yeah. Okay. After that fumble, they ran him off. They beat it. But, so you know a guy, a tight end who's out of the league. Well, I just know where he's like well college ball. Tight end. I mean, this guy's been, it's like a second round pick. He was a pretty big deal in college. Played, he played well, South Carolina. Right. He played in the league for many, many years. This is an example where you guys know in college benefits you in the NFL. Because sure. you know these guys coming up. Yeah. I try to do it during the draft because I do, I don't know, immerse, but I put myself into the draft because at least then I'm getting some knowledge coming in. But, you know, it's Fez will tell this story next week. You know, I wonder how much of this is Fez. Well, I guess this is more I shouldn't joke. I was going to say avoiding. The Chicago Bears bat we made. <laughs> because let's be honest, that looks – I mean, they got lucky in that game. But all right. So what, what we're saying here is this game comes down to do you believe the Saints have an advantage over Tampa? If you do, this line's probably right. If you don't, Tampa's got value. 
Thus, to me, is Tampa or pass. I don't see any way you can think the Saints have value. I agree, Tampa or pass. All right. All right, so what's our AJ? Why don't you run down the games? Uh, otherwise, Miami plus three and a half at Baltimore. Yeah, I'm hearing some sharp people on Miami here. I don't get it. Baltimore's remember the same argument the Jets. Baltimore didn't look good offensively, mm-hmm. right? He didn't throw well. He had like two or three big plays. Now, one way you can assess that is you can look at the success rate versus the EPA. EPA gives big numbers for big plays. Success rate's a binary. It's one or zero. It's either good or bad. So if you look at Baltimore, for example, their success rate was the 27th best last week. So that means only a handful of teams were worse than them. And their EPA was 18th. So even there, it was slightly below average, but they were bottom barrel beforehand. Now, or I'm sorry, if you look at the success rate, not beforehand. Okay, if you look at Miami, Miami, their EPA was fourth and their success rate was fourth. So you got a team that, that played a better competition because New England's better than the Jets regardless. And you have the fourth best EPA, the fourth best success rate. And then the other guy has the 27th best success rate. And now you look at the spread and say, if home field's two and a half now, Getting to you know it was four now it's three and a half. I mean that's that's saying that Baltimore's significantly you know a couple of points better because getting through three is not easy. It costs you forty cents to get through three. You know it, it, that's like eight ticks of normal half tick. You know so it's like a you know it it's like a line moving from fourteen and a half to nineteen. I mean it's like a, a massive move. Sounds crazy when you put it that way. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't like Miami because I don't like Tua. I don't think Tua looked good even in this game. What do you guys think? And now he's going up against arguably the best secondary in the league. Uh, where I don't know who. I, by the way, we let's double back. How We did get the, some. The Saints were eighth in PFS pass uh, rush. I think, you, I think in general when you have an instinct about a unit, you should double check it. I'm going to double check the Ravens right yeah, now. That Ravens secondary. <laughs> but I'm going to say, I'll say, I'll, I'll put my. I'm going to say 100% the Ravens' secondary is better than the Patriots' secondary. Really? 100%. Right. Uh, well, but, I, know, I know you hate Belichick. But, but they, they struggled against – I think they're going to they, – they didn't they, – the, the Dolphins Get were the very stats. lopsided. Get the stats. Okay. The Dolphins were very lopsided. They wanted to pass the ball. They didn't want to run the ball. I think it's going to be a hard time against the Ravens. Mm, Tyreek Hill looked really good. For the Dolphins, a lot of short, shorter passes. Like looked really good. Um, he has uh, last time. Oh, well, actually, struggled a couple of games here against the Ravens, though. So maybe the Ravens bottle have found the PFF has Ravens with. number one, Patriots twenty six for uh, in secondary. Secondary. Well, yeah, because yeah. the Ra- here's the thing: the Ravens have the best draft in history every year. So how couldn't <laughs> you have a great unit, right? They're, I mean, I don't know what it is. I think it's because there's a lot of Aussie Newsome types. Or, or guys that were there that are in media now, and it's just, it's, it's just, it's like a cancer in a way spreading throughout the land because all this Baltimore love. When do they win anything? But you don't trust PFF on this? No, I, I'm saying that I think there's a. Have I been talking about a bias for Baltimore? Oh, for sure. So why wouldn't it apply here? So now, he, he, yeah, here's here's what's interesting. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying Go, I'm right. going up against the Ravens secondary. Right? What's a good way to defend against a really good secondary? Shorter passes, right? The intermediate passing game. Because the, the, the theory is if the secondary's really good, you're not going to beat them deep, right? 
So if you looked at the intermediate passes for the Dolphins against the Patriots, Tua was the fifth best passer in the NFL in week one in intermediate passes. Mm-hmm. So we're talking between 10 what's and 19 your, what's yards. What's the source here? This is PFF. All right. Between 10 and 19 yards. He had a quarterback rating of 149.3. When you looked at the the targets for Tyreek Hill, 12 targets, Jalen Waddell, four catches, took that one intermediate pass, 42 yards to the house. I think this is something that Mike McDaniel is going to lean into. These slants, these you know 10 to 19-yard passes, keeping Tua in this controlled little environment and utilizing the skill positions that he has out there, the combination of Hill and Waddle is one of the best wide receiving combos in the NFL. I agree with that. I've heard people speculate that Baltimore's got a good pass D, but they're they're a little slow like for an elite one. So I, I don't know enough to know that. Um, I wonder if there's any speed thing where it's like, um, you know, like how fast are the units? Not how good they are, but how yeah. fast they are, especially in the backfield. By the way, this is interesting. Jason from Over the Cap says, um, Ravens have the most players they drafted currently in the NFL. Okay, so saying it's it's on an active roster. It's not necessarily on the roster they were drafted in. Who was their original drafting team? 88 for the Ravens, 75 for the Cowboys. That seems like it kind of screws the, the whole thing right there. If Dallas is second, what does it tell you? <laughs> well, what do you think about number three? I was going to ask you that because people who say the Patriots, Bill Belichick can't draft 73, the pa- 73 Patriots on NFL rosters. Mm-hmm. you got to wonder, though, how much that is like a McVay thing where, oh, this guy coached with McVay, he's good. Oh, Belichick drafted him. Oh, yeah. So let's so, sign you know, him up, yeah. yeah. So, and remember, if this is, you know, there's going to be NFL people for 10 years that's in the league. So this is considering many many drafts ago too and then the lions are sixth <laughs> i'm not sure what that says it's uh, all those high who's last on that list does it go all the way down it does not uh, well jags higher than i would have did thought did you notice how mckenzie goes like your side i said you know boy i don't know it's and he goes well what do i think about the third one <laughs> <laughs> it was like what my question is how do you get my voice so accurate <laughs> He's a, he's a mimic. <laughs> I mean, I might have overdone it a little. I learned it from Mike Samuel. <laughs> I mean, it was like it was like almost like an alien came out of him. <laughs> did, did, did you? Let's be honest. At the end of that exultation or whatever, <laughs> you probably felt like, oh, maybe that was a little loud, right? I did. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> All right, next game. Detroit minus one and a half, hosting the Commandos. So the first time you got this stat, first time, twenty-five games, twenty-four straight games as an underdog, an NFL record. That is that right? I didn't know that. That tells you that you've got a reevaluation of Detroit, and they're going to be expensive. And all those comebacks, they keep fighting. But listen, when the game is pick 'em or so, now it's not about coming back; it's about winning. Right? So I think it hurts them. Not an NFL record longest streak in the NFL. All right. So, oh, okay. Um, So let's look at what this line was in the summer. So in the summer, Detroit was a one and a half point underdog. Now two and a half point or so favored. Now it's moved a little bit down, right? So what's changed since the summer? Nothing. I mean, let's be honest. If you look at the Philly game, do we really think that Detroit gets upgraded for that, even though they cover? No. I don't think so. What was the fourth quarter win share in that let's game? Let's take a gander. Mm. Pregame.com's 
trademarked fourth quarter win share. I wouldn't it, have brought it up if I didn't think it was strong, and it was. No. So what do you got? <laughs> 92%. 92% Eagles are supposed to win that game. Let's look at a few other things. Let's look at how, um, and we'll go from the Detroit perspective. Let's look at Detroit, and we'll look at things like, well, no, this is, they should have lost by five points by yardage. That would have been nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> lost by two and a half by uh, YPP, uh, by 10 by uh, EPA minus luck. And Kevin Cole says they should have lost by seven. So, you know, it was Philly covering, but not, you know, it was a cover. I think what you said at the beginning, the, the luckiest cover on the yeah, board. Or the, but the I don't phoniest. think they should have lost by 10. They should have lost probably by seven. Yeah. Remember, there was a situation where there was a penalty call late. I don't know if you guys saw the end of the game where they were down 10. They would have kicked a field goal at that point because they needed two scores. Yeah. So it really went bad just in that regard, too. So my point is Detroit's now a public team. Washington, what did they do last week? Well, you can debate should they have won or not. Let's call it a coin flip. They win a coin flip. How do they get downgraded? And let's be honest, Wentz looked good. Yeah. Wentz showed you throws he could make mm-hmm. that you're not going to see from the lesser pedigreed quarterbacks. Look at how the market reacted just for the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Jahan Dotson is now the favorite. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you got that, what's his name, McClure? Or Ma- yeah, Terry McClure. Terry McClure, yeah. Yeah, McClure. Okay, so now you, uh, the playmakers are there. And, and A.J. Brown abused the Lions on the outside, abused oh, them. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Wentz is a front runner. So, to me, when he's doing well, expect more doing well. <laughs> when he starts going south. Mm. Mots, as Fez says. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he starts going south, die for cover, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. All right, anything else in this game? No. Let's keep, now, we're going rapid fire, baby. Yeah, this is me and Scott's one-way Houston. Oh, this is, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. thought we were done with picks. No. Oh, go ahead. Houston plus 10 at the Broncos. So, wait a minute. The guy that was barred. From the Houston. Did you know yes, yes. I don't think it's ever happened before. You're now picking Houston. I'm now picking Houston plus 10. Now, have you come around on Davis Mills? Uh, no. No. How about Justin Fields? No. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Justin Fields acted exactly like I expected, which is a lot of bad plays and some big plays. No, I do. He is going to have some big plays. I do. There, there is upside to him, but it's just at this point, I feel like it's it's untapped upside that is but even having untapped it's like an oil field you're right that there's something to drilled. that there, I, you know what you're you've convinced me justin fields in a different class than zach wilson who i don't think has oil field potential no he might work on the oil field. He, he, he's too soft for that <laughs> shit no no way uh but this kind of this handicap's kind of like the seahawks game i, I think this is going to be a really slow paced game hackett didn't look like a chance taker with russell wilson this that russ had the third fewest air yards in the league in week one a, a lot of passes Define to the, air yards uh passes or yards the distance to travel distance the, the distance the ball travels before it reaches the receiver so and that's from the line of scrimmage and it's as the crow flies it's not like if you're throwing 20 yards back right right lots of throws to more more targets to running backs than tight ends and receivers but here's the thing we talked about this on straight out of vegas he was effective in that game he was so as I kind of backed you into the corner and you saying, I don't like it when they're effective and safe. Well, I think what AJ's trying to say is it's not going to lead to but he, quick scores. But the theory is he's only going to do that when that's the best way to do it. Because he likes to go deep. In general, 
Right, Russell quarterback Wilson does, but the coach might not. We don't know because we're thinking well, now he's quarter- super conservative. Because I, I mean, kicking a sixty-four yard field goal isn't conservative. It's it's bold in a way. Or the quarterback had know. weapons in Seattle that he trusted going deep in in Metcalf and and Tyler Lockett, and he doesn't know these receivers yet. Mm. I mean, it, not through any fault of his own. It's just right. So it's, he's new. He's in a new no, situation. You brought up the decision to go for the field goal. I think there's a lot of pressure now on Nathaniel Hackett to kind of prove that he is actually gutsy and go for it on fourth downs and be, mm. you know, extra does that aggressive. Help does that help him or hurt him? No, I think it hurts him because I think they might lead to some turnovers and maybe some plays where you could take the points, right, and points help you cover, but instead of taking the points, they might be aggressive and go for it. Now, the line in this game is, uh, give me the update line. Ten. Ten. So you want the team that's laying 10 to be aggressive, right? They're not. But he's saying he thinks they're going to be too aggressive. You think the Texans will be too aggressive? No. Oh, no, Denver. Oh, oh, you want, yes, you, you want the team that's laying 10 to be aggressive. Yeah, yeah I, I apologize. That's fine. So what I'm saying is maybe in the long run or midterm, the aggressiveness that he's trying to compensate for the perception he's not aggressive can be a negative, but laying 10 is not a negative. If they don't convert. It's a huge negative. Yeah, but they could convert. They could not. But in general, yeah. if, I, if you had a, a, a lever and you said, my 10-point favorite, I can go for yeah, you mi- want them minus to, five no to field plus goals, five. You want them to get touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, or, or even try for touchdowns. Yes. Okay. All right, so continue. And what, what you want in, in a big favorite is also you either want a team that's way more talented that they, that they warrant it or a team that's super disciplined. The Broncos, I think the Broncos' talent is fine. The Broncos were not disciplined last week. Over a dozen penalties in the first game, a couple fumbles, just sloppy, sloppy football. So, and I think it's a, a part, a product of new coach, new quarterback, and also a super high pressure situation. Sure, the world's watching. I mean, Denver hasn't played a lot of big games lately. Yeah. Uh, I have a stat on rookie head coaches. Ahead. Rookie head coaches laying six or more mm-hmm. since 2012. 29, 44, and 2 ATS, 39.7%. Now that is interesting. That is, is there any other rookies laying it this week? Rookie head coach laying mm-hmm. six or more? Mm-hmm. Mm, don't think so. Now, by the way, as you're looking at that, uh, McKenzie flashes up Peyton Manning on the broadcast about Wilson going deep. He says Seattle played a lot of two deep safeties, which, again, we talked about earlier, very rare historically for Pete Carroll's defense. So in a way, he's taking what they gave him, right? I don't think we can blame Russell Wilson for that. That's fair. I don't like – I mean, Russell Wilson's really – his brand has taken a real nosedive. He's very inauthentic, it feels like. I didn't like the chain hanging out of the shoulder pads. <laughs> Too, uh, I'm just saying. I didn't like it. McKenzie had some. He's even – Cared Ru- about what he looked like. Russell Wilson's quote like. after the game. What was the quote, McKenzie, that felt inauthentic? I didn't think it was a bad decision to kick the field goal. Which, right. which means... Oh, but what's he supposed to say? Well, he obviously didn't think it was a good decision, but, but he's I'm, playing the politician, which is inauthentic. But what I'm saying is sometimes it's good to play the politician, but other times it's not. In fact, if he went out and said the truth, he goes, I want to always uh, go for it on fourth if it's even a close call, and my coach should have done that, he should have faith in me. How do you say that? Like To me, I don't blame someone for being political when they need to be political. But it doesn't feel like he's ever authentic. The chain was inauthentic. He's trying to he's trying to be street right there. Uh, I wouldn't want to fight him in the in an alley. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right. Um, so you got I don't know. 
So you guys are taking taking the 10. The point. What do you think of the tag? I mean, what do you you don't like the coach with Houston? Lovey Smith? No, yeah. I don't like Lovey Smith. Why is that? Is this because he didn't do well at Illinois? No. Because Lovey Smith was is it me or he was the only guy to win for what was it? The Lions, right? No. What Lovie am I Smith. thinking? The Bears. Took the Bears. Bears. Okay. Yeah, so he he made it to the Super Bowl. This is Bowl. the second time we're bringing up Rex Grossman on this podcast, by the way. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, so against Payne Manning, right? So what I'm saying is, it's like, why? I think there's something about, and correct me if I'm wrong, he has a dopey look on his face a lot, doesn't he? he he's got a, a giant he, long beard he's now, got like a big Santa gray Claus beard. But, that, but, but in general, he's known for staring off into the middle distance, right? I don't know. I do, listen, what I will say about Lovey Smith, he's an upgrade from what the what the Texans had last year. I don't know if that's true or not, but what I'm saying is it does feel like the perception of, like, let's say this, Brandon Staley. Mm-hmm. How much is his brand about his appearance, his energy in press conferences, his articul- how articulate he is? Because let's be honest, Sirianni from Philly was a laughingstock after that initial press conference. Why? Because of all cosmetic things, superficial but then they start winning, and it's like, hey, this guy's better than we thought. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Well, Lovey Smith 15 years ago was like a stud. He was like a guy that you, you looked at and go, oh, that guy could maybe be a player mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when he was with the Bears. I don't know. I think there's something with black coaches that are not – like Dennis Green was demonstrative, yep. right? And you kind of got a sense of who he was. Caldwell – for example, very right. passive, very timid, yeah. And 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 this, well, I don't know, but he see mate, passive can seem timid, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if it is. I don't think you're an NFL coach, probably, if you're uh, timid, right? But it looked potentially yeah. timid. I call it does feel like there's. I mean, let's be honest, there's, there is racism in this country. It's not always going to be overt. It's going to sometimes be not innocuous, but it's going to be kind of second order racism where it's not about. Hating, it's like thinking, oh, you know, and let's be honest, if you went, and I'm talking about with the national, if we, if we took every white person in the country and said, you got a heart surgery, you don't know your doctor, and in comes in your doctor and he's black, there's going to be a significant percentage of people that say, oh, I don't like that. I mean, who are we kidding? So now you look at the coaches, and I'm not saying each individual here, but in general, the nation does. And there's a black coach. And it's like, huh, I wonder if he's sharp enough. That's what a lot of people are thinking. Was this affirmative action? You know, that's what people are thinking. And what I'm saying is, are we maybe giving him a bum deal? Is Because I'm always looking for mispricing, right? Is what has Lovey Smith done that makes him a bad coach? Because I, whenever I hear his name, I hear people moan. Well, he he went eight and twenty four when he was in Tampa mm-hmm. in two years. So he okay. He, we can take any sliver of time, and he obviously got fired. That's why he's not. Yeah. But in general, is he any worse than than other retreads? He was seven and nine ATS both years in Tampa. Okay. Now again, that doesn't tell you the whole story because maybe they were getting a lot of points because of him. Yeah, it's not terrible. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, it's not terrible. But it's also not redeeming. No doubt. Because uh, you know. I don't know. What was his best? Well, I guess he took the Bears to the Super Bowl. How was his tenure there in general? Uh, 81 and 63 overall. Three playoff appearances. Jesus, God. You don't get in pe- nine years. You don't get you don't get made over that. I mean, does that make you a good coach forever? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's what well. I'm, after the Super Bowl, he had one playoff appearance in the next six years, and that's well, when they fired so him. So when you make Super Bowl, I mean, I'm not saying you should listen. Chuck Noll got fired effectively. Yeah. I mean, it happens I mean, eventually to everybody. His last year in Chicago, he had ten wins. Is that right? He got yeah. fired. So he made a Super Bowl, and then he has multiple years after good, some good, some bad, and then he has ten wins, and they say you're out of here. Ten yeah. and six, not good enough for us. How were they the next couple years after that? Oof. Right. I'm just saying is is I'm looking for mispricing, and I don't know, Mackenzie, you're the person of color. What do you think? I think second-level racism is underappreciated. I think it's something we can bet against. When we see it, I'm not saying this is the, an instance. Or do you yeah. think it is? I mean, who's the black coaches that are considered extra good? Tomlin. Okay. And, and very- two years ago, Tomlin was considered a terrible coach. And no, then whoa, he, whoa, stop, stop, yeah. stop, stop. Don't say things that are untrue because you feel emotional. You think Tomlin was considered a terrible by, coach? By some. Okay, well, don't think some, some think crazy things. The general consensus was Tomlin was a good motivator that was tact- or tactically overmatched sometimes. Again, kind of implicit, he doesn't have the brain power. That was the theory, right? I don't know if they, who connected it to the black or not, but that was the theory. Todd Bowles, incredible coordinator, but failed as a head coach, mm-hmm. now getting a second chance. And then the only other two are Lovey Smith and Mike McDaniel. Now, here's the thing. He got run out of town, and we'll get to that in a second. He got run out of town in, in New York. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people I, I respected thought he was good there. So how many years was he there? Like three? Okay, three years, yeah. I mean, maybe at some point the, the Jets seem to be a graveyard for because Salah's not looking so good either. No. Now, what is Salah's uh, race, I guess you'd call it? I don't know. Do, do you claim him, McKenzie? Four years uh, with the Jets. Top and what was the record? Overall, 24 and 40. Ooh. That's not good. But now all of a sudden he's, the, he's, he's a good coach. He's, hey, he's one of Leb- Lebanese descent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that. It's Middle Eastern for Robert Salah. Hmm. I don't know. Listen, I to some degree, I think what comes, and I'll, you know, we'll move on. But to some degree, I think what comes with affirmative action is someone's going to be scared of affirmative action. Mm. So if you told me, I mean, in a way, if you knew that the doctor was of the age when affirmative action was prevalent when he was in school, it would be crazy in a way not to wonder is, hey, was there some reason other than quality of medical ability or whatever that the person was able to get through or get into whatever school he got into. That to me is what's so insidious about it. It it gives racist reasons to question accomplishment. I think that there's a lot. I mean, I think people are excited about uh, Mike McDaniel. I think that they're like, they think that he's a sharp guy. I think people thought Brian Flores was a sharp guy. So I, I don't think it's automatic. Now, Flores is interesting because he had a lot of – I mean, you were a national naysayer on him. I just said I didn't think he was a top-10 coach. You okay. also said he should be fired after he was 1-7 and seven last year. Did you not? Did he say that? Yeah. Well, that only makes sense. If you come into the year saying he's overrated and then they start 1-7, and seven, you're going to be like, kind of pressing it. Yeah. I mean, I, it kind of makes sense. Uh, I'm sorry. So, uh, But, oh – to me, what was interesting is when all this stuff came out and you're thinking he's going to have a bunch of support, everyone turned on him. I, I mean, it goes to show you there's a, there's a club in all this stuff, if it's NFL, whatever it is, and you can be on one side politically Republican, you can be Democrat, you can be whatever, black, you can be white. 
but there is a club, a finance, it's about the money, and the word goes out, hey, stick a knife in his back. Because let's be honest, the NFL wanted to invalidate his points, right? Because if he's right, he's like the league, this is, a, this is like a, a Tim Donahue level um, scandal. And, and to me, I think it's about discrediting him. And isn't it interesting that you would think a guy that was aggrieved, because if what he's saying is true, and I think it's probably generally true, I don't know if it's fully, but let's say it is, you have a white owner, a billionaire, that's trying to, in a weird way, let his money. Oh, you want a hundred thousand a loss, and, and you know, like he's throwing it around like stripper, make a stripper crawl for it or something. Is, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, there's two things at play there. One is the NFL doesn't want to like just flat out admit, oh yeah, one of our exactly. one of our our owners was trying to do this. They don't want to do that. But we've also seen, I think we've seen, especially with the Gruden thing versus how it's been handled with Snyder billionaires get treated with a different set of rules than millionaires. And Brian Flores is a millionaire. Well, Stephen Ross, a billionaire. Well, do you think Snyder has been treated well? well I don't think he got, he still owns the I mean, football when, team. When has the, the NFL ever taken a team away? It's his team. Yeah. He owns it. How are they going to take it away? I mean, uh, the, they, the NBA took Donald Sterling's team away. And, and he was a known racist for 30 years. And now they're not taking away the Suns owner team. So, yeah. Which again, that's an interesting question because I would make the case: what was his what was his proven mm-hmm. transgressions? Because when I read the initial story, yeah. one of the the thing that led the story, if I recall, was he used the N word mm-hmm. while he was recounting what someone else said, and in no way was it racist. Now, again, I don't venture into that territory because I I believe one things change. It seems like pretty fast with what's okay. So why even? you know, venture near the line. But number two, I don't fully understand when, like I never in my life have used like the non hard R acting like I'm street or, you know, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of white people do that. I mean, like I'm telling you and (laughs) I'm, and it's like, I'm like, really, you sure you should be doing, I don't know, you know? And it seems like when I've been around black people, when they're there, they won't make a big deal about it. But I hear all the time, they really resent that. And for whatever reason, it's not a, a fight. How do you feel on that, Mackenzie? I think I differ from most black people. I don't care what words people use. I, I, at all? Yes. I mean, it, it tells so me something about you generally, but so do a lot of other so words. You care, a lot so, of you, other so you care. You just don't care very much. Right. It's not a disqualifier. I mean, if you're asking me how to pronounce it or something, like, there's ways where I'm not mad. And you yeah, can but that's different. But if someone was was using, you know, how it, it's almost like, um, like some Hispanics say homes almost the same yeah. way, right? Yeah. It, it's like it's it's, it's kind of lame. That's how I feel about it. I don't have like an offense to it, but I'm like, that's we're talking about in this case, then like the a white H. person. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. But here's the I agree with you. The the, the NFL is about themselves. But isn't it interesting? It doesn't matter if you're black, because in theory, you would think a black person is going to be kind of protected, meaning that in the politically correct age, if a black person is aggrieved by a white owner of the team, there's going to be like, oh, he's bad. The coach is good. That's, that's going to be feels the, like the way it would go I mean, in 2022, certainly. Uh, for sure. But now it's a yeah, but 
his story can hurt our pocketbook. Mm-hmm. Send out the word. And, and make a, us look bad. Make us look bad. That then hurts the pocketbook. Yeah. And then the question becomes, well, how much support? Who has come out in, uh, in support of him? I think the only people you could point out are the Steelers who hired him. Yeah. Or, well, others in the coaching, I think. Other fa- fired yeah. black coaches. Yeah. 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 Who have nothing. They've been out, too, in a way. Yeah. They're out. And they don't think they have any chance to get a job, so why not burn? And I wonder if the Steelers didn't have a black coach if he got if he would get hired by the Steelers. And plus the Rooney rule. Yeah. I mean, so they've all, I mean, how you know, again, you can say the white owners doing something like the Rooney rule is kind of a good thing or a bad thing because it's not yeah. really what's going to fix things. You can debate it. Yeah. But, I mean, let's we be We all honest. know they, they, they don't, they treat it like it's, you know, they bring in people. But that's for, the other, but they bring that's, in people but for that's the other just teams. To, just to appease the rule. They don't, like, they, they don't consider the candidates, a lot of these teams don't consider these candidates seriously. They just yeah. bring a guy in just to satisfy the rule. But it doesn't hurt. That doesn't in any way go against the intent of the Roonies trying to of with course. that rule. Yeah. And and let's be honest. They they put their money where their mouth was. They hired a black coach. He's ended up being a good coach. And where would the league be if there wasn't Tomlin? Meaning if we were See, now that's a great question. Because if because Tony Dungy led to Mike Tomlin. And but Dungy's done gone. Yes. There's one guy left. But if Mike Tomlin failed. Somebody would have to hire Jim Caldwell. That would be the difference. So, so where would we be? Seriously. And we'd all be making faces, or at least some people would and, when and, his and, name and comes Jim up. Jim Caldwell was successful in Detroit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he got fired. Yes. Because his face was passive. It looked like he was b- befuddled. And I don't think he was befuddled because Dungy wasn't going to have an assistant mm-hmm. that's befuddled. There's a lot of questions you can ask yeah, involved in this topic. Why hasn't Eric Bieniemy gotten a job? Well, the, now that's one yeah. where the rumor is his his personality is very disagreeable. Doesn't, he doesn't interview well. Yeah, and to some degree, it's part know. of the game. At what point do we say people having a disagreeing personality and being black is correlated? Because in my experience, are you saying blacks have a disagreeable personality? People perceive <laughs> us that way ah. because they can. Whenever I get a little bit upset, I'm furious. Well, dude, you know, in dude, perception. If you're if you're questioning how you were screaming right there, just go to the tape. No, 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 no. Go no. to the tape and look at but it. But it. McKenzie's right that what if if in a way that Eric Bieniemy, if if he's disagreeable, he's disagreeable to a bunch of white billionaires who are interviewing. Who That's owns him? Who owns the te- not him? He owns the yeah. team. They own the team. They right. get to decide who works for them. Right, and they, they get to have their biases come to the table. That's fine, but who? They don't care what you have to say. They really don't. That's what I'm saying. So there's no real comeuppance to it. To me, the question is this, though, and then we'll move on. Is could is it possible, Mackenzie, that a black man is disagreeable objectively? No doubt. So how do you figure that out, right? That's it's, what I'm saying. I don't know Eric Bieniemy's specific case. Yeah. So but when I, I hear it, I'm, I'm, I'm my, my uh, but what I'm saying is, how often has there been a really good black candidate? That hasn't gotten a job. This is the one case. Now you can say the problem is not enough get to be at entry level to become a good candidate. But what we're saying is when you raise that level of a hot assistant, mm-hmm. usually the black one gets hired pretty quick because there is a sense of there being value there. Go ahead. There's also been a there's been a lot of failures amongst those hires. But that brings up an interesting point, is if you have a winning record in Detroit mm-hmm. and you get fired, was it a failure? I, I don't think it was. But if you look at 
Lynn or Leslie Frazier or some of these other, you know, coaches that uh, even Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles, the Jets, there's been a lot of failures. But if we said this, name the coaches, this would be my last comment, name the coaches that were fired, but it maybe wasn't justifiable of the last 20 years. I think in the, if you say what percentage of the coaches in the league wide have been black head coaches and what percentage of the questionable firings have been black, it's going to be disproportional where the firings were more black. Anthony Lynn, two games above 500 in his Chargers career. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything because, oh, it means something. But he underperformed. There's no doubt about that. With the talent on that team, he underperformed. And the problem is, I think Anthony Lynn's already been fired from his OC job. I don't think he's the hill you want to die on. Like, Lovey Smith's been kind of the exception, but for a lot of these black coaches, you get that first job and you fail. There's no other chance. Leslie and, Frazier's and Levy, a good example Levy of that. Smith would have yeah. never gotten another job. Well, but listen, we got the Tampa Bay coach now, obviously. Yeah. Bowles. So, but what I'm saying is, Lovey Smith, you're saying, oh, it's unusual he got a second job. He only got it because of the— Because he was there. Well, he, yeah, because of a complete discombobulation in Houston. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, it's interesting. Any closing thoughts? Well, I was going to say, I mean, Steve Wilkes got fired after one year. In it was Arizona, a it was a disaster of a year. But you know, they also and drafted. They also drafted back to back. You know, he's in Carolina. And he's picks. also suing the NFL. I'll say Brian Leftwich. We're talking about candidates that uh, we think would get hired right away, and that are black. Brian Leftwich interviewed a bunch of jobs last year, a bunch of jobs the year he, before it was, that. It was it was it was too early. It's too early. How old is he? He played until he was forty. How long has he been coaching? I mean, I'm not saying left way. Listen, he's a ste- former Steeler. I mean, again, I'll tell you, this might be to the bias of the perception of faces. I never looked at him as a bright guy at all. He was an side. intern for the Cardinals in 2016. Yeah. And he's been with the Bucks since 2019. Okay. So if, you're, if, if you start being a real coach, no, but was he a real coach before 19? Quarterbacks coach 2017 to all 2018. Right. There we go. So if your quarterback's coach is 17 and 18, mm-hmm. you become a coordinator in 19. 19, and then it's 20 and 21. You're five years coaching. You're already a coordinator. You're already getting interviewed for head jobs. That's ahead of schedule. That's ahead of see. This is where these arguments get confusing because it's like that. What he's saying is not only not true, it's opposite. He's ahead of himself. I'm not saying he's ahead of where he should be because mm-hmm. Brady keeping him. Unless he got rid of... <laughs> he gets rid of coaches if he wants to, apparently, post-Belichick. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Arians being the prime example. I, it's hard to say left, which, like you said, two years ago he got a head job. So this is like three years after he became a quarterback's coach, and you're mad he didn't get the job? I'm not mad that he didn't get a job. Oh, you seem mad. I'm just saying. You're being disagreeable. He was a very personality is not fun. I hear that a lot. That's what I like to do by myself. <laughs> he works better alone. <laughs> All right, closing thoughts. What else we got? Fez is one weight. Raiders minus uh, Raiders minus five and a half uh, hosting the Cardinals. Fez is on the Cardinals. Okay, this is a buy low. I mean, how bad is this team? And then the, the after Arizona after the loss. There seems to be some recrimination internally. Mm-hmm. Some, maybe we need to do this. Maybe. There, there's been a lot of uh, pointing out of poor Kyler Murray decisions on social media, leading some to poke fun at that contract where, you know, they actually had this study clause in the contract. Call of Duty's not out before Sunday, is it? I don't think so. All right. Well, work. I mean, if you like it, I mean, I lean that way. Look ahead was two and a half. All right, so look at was two and a half in the current number. Five and a half. All right, so that 
is the ana- I mean that is the anatomy of value, right? Is when you have those kind of adjustments. Yep. Um, you bring up, I mean, you AJ bring up the pessimistic case, and it might be justifiable, which is if you usually start hot and you end up cold. But Hopkins is vital. First half of the year, hot or six games, Hopkins is gone. Mm-hmm. Second half, well, it's the second half. This could be a disaster season. It, it could be bad. But again, I think Kansas City, it's important to go back to last week. They were, the film guys say they've never seen anything like it. It's not just how well they played. It was how diverse the schemes were. Yeah. They went two fullbacks at different points. They went empty at different points. This was emptying the playbook, which I think for Kansas City helps them this week because you don't really know what they're going to do. They were very diverse, much more diverse Thanks than a, a, a typical <laughs> yeah. Chiefs offense. This is the A.J. special. He says exactly what I said. Sorry, but the Raiders, they're not going to be that. They were 75% pass this week against the Chargers. They don't trust their running backs. They're not going to suddenly change their stripes and go, you know what, we're going to be but, but, 60% but, but, pass. But passing the ball more is what the analytics people think is I mean, look at Minnesota. They think it's better. So, by the way, can you explain how the um, shift works in baseball? I can tell you that they're teaching at a very young age. <laughs> that is succinct. All right, next game. Uh, last game, Minnesota at Philly. Am I having a mental block? Where did Kansas City play? Oh, that's Thursday's that's Thursday. game. Thursday. Okay, yeah. we, we don't do that. That's an interesting game, though. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about this Monday night game, the, yes. the Eagles and the Vikings? If mm-hmm. I told you right now that this is the NFC championship game, what would your reaction be? Uh, obviously, the odds are against it. I think the odds are much more. If you would have said that in July, mm-hmm. the odds would have been much higher than now. Meaning Minnesota's one win, in theory, tells us something. Mm-hmm. And Philly, it's been what I projected, really. And I don't say that often about, like, I'm projecting things. I usually give picks or whatever. Is I said we're going to have a timber moment with Philly where people are going to realize they're better than Dallas before this injury. And now there's... There's no question. Yeah, but there's talk about Philly being the best team in the entire. But even if Dak hadn't NFC, got hurt, there'd yeah. be really no doubt. Well, right then, now. then that, then uh, that again is oh, we can't. Uh, I mean, go back and look at Week One last well, you're, year. Okay, you're right. You're I right. Mean, it's, yeah, and plus they didn't even cover the freaking spread, Philly. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, so I think they're, but they look. Good. I think that net they were upgraded there. So I think we all agree that it's possible now. I have more questions about Minnesota. Green Bay has started these seasons bad. Mm-hmm. They they didn't guard Jefferson effectively. I know yeah. he's hard to guard, but it was he was what it was like. People were saying what's going blown coverage after blown mm-hmm. co- against one of the best receivers in the in the world. <laughs> I don't get that. I, I get you can lose the third receiver. Yeah, yeah. How do you? <laughs> yeah. So it's like they, they could tell you before the play we're going to throw to Justin Jefferson, and they still couldn't stop it. The only offensive success the Packers had last week was running the ball six point two yards per carry. Now they play Philly, who ran for 216 yards against the Lions. But why does Philly running stop Green Bay from running? No, I'm saying Minnesota not Minnesota was bad against the run last Mm -hmm. week, and now they're facing an offense that is going to run it down their throat. But were they bad against the run, or they were modern and let them run because that wasn't going to be 6.2 yards per carry is always bad, I feel like. I I don't know. Look at the Bills. I mean, you look at Bills have had some games like that, that they were fine with it. I mean, the theory being, if you don't pass when you're supposed to pass, you can't be efficient enough running. That's been the new, I mean. This and I guess doing that against Aaron Rodgers makes as much sense as ever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong about saying it was uh, egregious. I'm saying it maybe isn't as clear cut. Okay. 
One thing, though, and it should be the last thing for me on this, Green Bay, if you bet Green Bay, you've got to bet Minnesota and a two-team parlay because you're saying that Green Bay is better than that score, which means which that means Minnesota Minnesota's is not as good. No, it means Minnesota must be really good, meaning uh, we know that okay. the score was legit. There wasn't any screwy, you know, stuff. It was a legit domination. Uh-huh. I'm going to do that. You like Green Bay enough yeah. to lay doubles. And, and I like Minnesota, guys, too. I'm going to do it. See, it's correlated. Yeah, I like that. Let me tell you this. If Green Bay wins by 21 on mm-hmm. Sunday, don't you like Minnesota more? Yes, which is what the correlated parlay is. Yeah, and I never thought about that because my initial That's thought why I'm of this, here. My, initial, well, my initial thought of this game was the Eagles because of how impressed I was with Philadelphia. And to be honest with you, that doesn't I don't think you should bet then Minnesota. I think maybe it should bring you to neutral. You know, yeah. it's hard to me People jump from one side to the other. Mm-hmm. I think much more reasonable is go from a pick to a no pick. I think yeah, that's I like what, both, what so I'm doing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, the hitman. Ooh, respected. The hitman has a total. It's in that Minnesota Philly. Let's listen. Best bet: Vikings Eagles over fifty and a half. The Vikings were last year's twentieth rated team in pass rate over expectation, and if the first half of last week's win over Green Bay is any indication, things will be different this season. Cousins attempted over twenty passes in the first half, and he thrived against zone defense, which is the Eagles' predominant coverage under defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. The Eagles' offense was also much more pass-heavy in the opener against Detroit. It makes sense of all the additions that they've made to their pass-catching group. Philly finished 12th in pass rate over expectation last week, a season after finishing dead last to close the season out. If Philly does run, Minnesota out over six yards per carry last week, a season after finishing 31st in run defense. The market just hasn't fully adjusted to these teams being significantly more pass-heavy than last season. Best bet? Minnesota, Philly, over 50 and a half. Listen, Minnesota is interesting. I I poo-pooed. I I had Minnesota from those connections. It wasn't my pick. Apparently, you guys had it. Yep. So we won, you know. But to me, it feels like I was a – well, I know I was a skeptic about, oh, it's a young new coach. He's going to make things great. I like this play. Now, here's why. One, everyone that's been a naysayer on Hurts – even if they're reasonable, they're going, man, he's, he's better than I thought. You mm-hmm. hear a lot of that recently, right? And he is known as a worker. Like at Alabama, remember, he was jettisoned from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Like we don't even want for Tua. Now imagine yep. that. Right now, who has more trade value, Tua or Hurts? Tua and Hurts. I think he does. Yeah. yeah. So he said, okay, I'm going to work my balls off, goes to Oklahoma. He didn't win the Heisman, right? But he was in, in it. Yeah, he was in the he won. I thought he won the Heisman. Jalen Hurts? Yeah. No. Look, you can just look at that. Okay, yeah. But he was certainly favored at one point. Yeah, of course. I think it was Kyler Murray's. Yeah, you're right. Um, Okay. um, But the fact you thought he did kind of say he had, you know, obviously good stats at Oklahoma. Yeah. Then he gets drafted in the second round. People said, wasted pick, wasted pick. You heard And then it was like by the end of his rookie year, he's starting games. He got better in the time in between in the year two. He's gotten better seemingly this year. Isn't that what the American dream's about? And his running ability is it's it's uh, it's it's not Mike Vick level, but it's it's similar to what what he brought to the table. And so he's not by the eye test as good as Lamar running, but some of his efficiency stats are actually better. Yeah, there was a third and long last week where the play's dead. There, it's a third and twelve, third and thirteen. Actually, excuse me, I think it was much longer than that. I think it was like eighteen. 
and yeah, he third and seventeen. Yeah, and he ran for the first down when the play broke down. That you, how do you quantify that? It's unbelievable. Probably would have won the Heisman any other year. He had he was in the Joe Burrow year. Oh, Good luck. A, okay, so yeah, so here's what's interesting though. I would be looking under passing yard, or I'm sorry, check it under rushing yards because, as the hitman brought up, you got um, minute. Okay, so now I don't know. I was thinking about it the other way with the zone and how because uh, Minnesota does excel against the zone, as he's saying. I always like people that do man-to-man and zone analysis because I don't do that, so it always feels fresh to me. Um, Vikings obviously passing more. This is a high total, but remember, 51 is a key number. Yeah. So 50 and a half as it currently is, yeah, I like it. This could be a heavyweight fight between A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson to see which Ooh. one is more dynamic. You know, I'll tell a quick 30-second uh, Fez story. Fez got really locked into Jefferson his rookie year, but, like, after game one, someone told him, oh, he's one of the best receivers in the world and he's going to reveal himself. So he and I make a bet the rest of the season – um, and I had, I can't even remember who I had, but it was a really known guy. Like today it'd be like Tyreek Hill or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. This has been a couple years ago. And he goes, I'll take Jefferson. I go, who? I didn't even know his name yet. It's like, and you could have whoever you, you know, whatever. And I took, and Jefferson had the rookie of the year yeah. and, and one of the best years, but my guy beat him. And <laughs> Fez is like, I was so right about it. <laughs> I mean, I think it might only be for one game now, I think. In the next game, maybe. So I think it was one game, Devontae Adams. Oh, was that it? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I'm, I still might be better. Sucker born every day, RJ. <laughs> but remember, that isn't near as good as the Scotty Miller. Somehow someone put in his head, and Matt Holt's head too, that Scotty Miller was going to keep getting his touches. Yeah. And over A.B. Over A.B. And I said, what are you talking about? Brady had this guy living in his house. Do you think that he's not going to throw to him? <laughs> On the ride home, A.B.'s in the backseat, and Tom's like, listen, A.B., I'm sorry, but Giselle's, Scotty was out there. Giselle's rubbing his feet, you know, from this burns. I mean, who knows what's happening? I mean, let's be honest. If you let A.B. live with you, you better perform on the no field. No doubt. But, and what was funny was it was like a yardage bet. And, like, Scotty Bill had, like, 80 yards at, at the rest of the season. And A.B. had, like, 1,100. Yeah, and, we, and, like, the last two games we were doing countdowns of how many yards he had to have to catch. <laughs> that if, he, if he only has 900 yards this week, you win. <laughs> uh, any closing thoughts? No. College pot is out. It's yes, in sir. the same feed. Six and two last week. Top 10% of the contest after one week. Damn. Yeah, so. only one person in the contest went 8-0. Oh. Uh-huh. Ten people went 7-1. and one, And we are in the mix with 30 others that went 6-2. and two. And remember, if you go f- – I mean, what's going to win it? What's going to place in the money? That's all – because the thing you can't do in these contests is try to win it the first week. Yeah, of course. You're going to have losing weeks? Mm-hmm. Just want to, you know. I told him I want to aim for five and three most weeks. Like yeah, if we, if we go five and we three, we're in good shape. Every week we should. Be and then if you the get money. lucky with one or two, eight, seven and ones, eight yeah. and yeah. that's what's funny about our super contest in the gold, right? We talked about it last week. We've got the best record over the the length of the contest, the four years of anyone. And to me, I'm proud of that. But here's what is crazy: if we're two and two in a given week, we've been like eighty percent on the fifth game. Mm-hmm. But if we're three and one or better, it drops. We've never won, I don't think, that last game. Wow. It, it's like, I mean, Mackenzie, you've been following this pretty close. How insane is that? It's, rem- it's insane. Oh, anything else? 
Any any other color to add? <laughs> Dynamite <laughs> drop in Monty. Yeah, that I broadcast mean, is I think the really most impressive off. thing is when we were a few games under 500 and you said, I don't lose. Well, I thought well, you were well, we were nine games below 500. Wasn't that much? Yeah. A couple. Yeah, no, no, no. That would be easy. Imagine. I tell you this. Imagine I, you say, I'm going to go watch this couple have sex, and there's nine of them. That's more than a couple, friend. You're at a party. That was quite the vision right there. In fact, we're not going to be able to. In fact, that's that's going to be the be careful. Hey, be careful hey, hey. With, with guys like that out there. Talk to you next week. 